Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblechild.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking La La Land. You have two options. Either you follow my rules or follow my rules. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe, for the third week in a row, is still not here. He is, as I've said, he's on a secret mission. All will be well in due time, and he'll reveal all the all the details of the assassin, the mission he's been on. It'll be something. Uh, but anyway, Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I normally discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode... 266. This week we're talking La La Land, uh, the newest film from writer-director Damien Chazelle, which opened up in a whopping five theaters. It will expand uh, in the coming weeks, though, um, but did make a pretty penny for the number of theaters that it was in, so good on that film, uh, which we'll be sure to get into as we go on. But joining me today to talk La La Land and much, much more, we have from Geeks of Doom, dancing from Encino to Culver City, it's Michael Lee. Hello. From the Newport Beach Film Festival, pirouetting from Redondo Beach to Burbank, it's Miss Anna Bosch. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and from FirstShowing.net, jiggered bugging from Hollywood to Dusseldorf, it's Alex Billington. <laughs> Hello, my friends. <laughs> I had fun coming up with every single one of those. How are you three doing today? Great. Good. Very Amazing. excited. Good. All right. <laughs> I'm just so excited because we were talking about Little Rascals earlier. <laughs> That's always a reason I'm excited. All right. But yeah, we are going to be talking Logland for our main review. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, though. It's it's. It is that it is that time of year where we have a new Star Wars film, as I'm going to refer to it, but where we get lots of new movie trailers coming out. So there's a, there's going to be a lot of trailers to talk about. But before we get to, to all of this stuff, we have some show notes. Uh, first up, iTunes reviews and ratings to get those. Helps out the show, helps other people find the show. We have a good number of reviews on iTunes. I'm very happy to have those. Abe and I, we like to think we put on a good show. And we're happy to get a lot of uh, five-star ratings. But, we, you know, it'd be great to get a few more, especially before the year ends. I think, I think we're at a, we got, you know, got a couple more before the year runs out. That'd be great. So if you want to log on to iTunes, search for Out Now, Heron and Abe. Give us a star rating. That's great, too. But if you want to, like, write some words down to form some kind of review, it doesn't have to be long. Uh, just anything, really. That'd be great. That'd be that'd be great. It'd help bump us up in the old iTunes charts, of course. And uh, yeah, just be uh, very uh, positive for Abe and I to read some new reviews on, on our the show that we put on weekly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, thank you in advance for those. Um, what else? Commentary track. We do a commentary track every month. And because, once again, a new Star Wars film is coming out, we have a few Star Wars films that we can do commentaries for. So one of them will be our next commentary track. Which one? You might be able to guess, or you might not. But just be aware <laughs> that we will have a new commentary track that will be on a Star Wars movie. So uh, get looking out for that one. And um, let's see. Last last thing here, since Anna's back on the show again, I might as well uh, give the mic to her for uh, about the interns, right? Oh, Okay. So, I'm the director of interns and volunteers at the Newport Beach Film Festival, and we currently are open still for interns to come and also volunteers. And so you can email me at intern at newportbeachfilmfest.com for interns or volunteer positions. And also, 
we are open for submissions as well. So if you have a film out there, December 16th is our um, December deadline, and January 27th would be our late deadline. So definitely submit those in if you have a film. All right. Thank you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that's the show notes out of the way. I think we should now move into Noverbody. We, each week, we ask each other a few questions, try to set the tone for the podcast, and better get to no know everybody. everybody. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I'm going to ask a question, you guys. Here it comes. Okay. What makes a musical memorable for you? You don't have to raise your hand. You can, oh, you can no, just... I was just, just, just thinking. <laughs> I was just thinking. <laughs> well, okay, so obviously musicals have music in them, right? Mm-hmm. So I think for me, it would have to be the music, the pieces behind the film and everything that's being incorporated with the storyline. And I know we're going to be talking about La Land soon, but in other probably musicals in general. But I think for myself, it would have to be the music. Okay. Uh, for me... I think it would be the dance choreography. I mean, just to 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 Anna's point, just had to synchronize everything to the music and get all the steps down. I I'm pretty impressed on how they can do that because I'm not so light on my. <laughs> That's what I. You wear two steel shoes everywhere you go. I know, so it makes it very <laughs> two left foot steel, steel shoes. Yes. By the way, okay, <laughs> two left. Let's get it right. <laughs> Alex, how about you? What makes a musical memorable for you? Um, I mean, it's kind of what Anna said in the, like the the songs. Like, I don't want to. It's really probably cheesy to say that ca- the songs are catchy, but just oh, like something about the that's songs. That's a perfectly reasonable also, answer. Yeah. No I... no, I know, but I mean, like, oh. like too catchy, it doesn't work well, you know. But it's like catchy in a in a good way, and like a you go home thinking about it, whistling it, singing it, kind of way. But also, like, I remember as a kid hating musicals that would like break out into song in the right way or in the wrong way. So I prefer musicals that that like the music flows and starts in the right way, which is uh, something hard to pull off unless you're really good at integrating that. Like, it's not that just they immediately burst out in song. It's like somehow the song starts in the right way and it flows together as a great piece in the whole. Mm -hmm. I also agree, like, with Michael, because it's true. Like, you have to have both music and dance. Mm -hmm. And I know, like, singing in the rain, for example, is, like, one of my favorites. And it's just, like, you got to have both of those coincide together and really, like, glue well. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. I think that that's what brings me to my, you know, thought on it where it's – you talk about, well, you know, the glue that holds it together. I think sound design is something that actually – I you know, that, that sounds very technical. But as far as making a musical memorable to me, I think there's something about the way – you hear all these different, you know, audio sources kind of coalesce with each other where you have, you know, the sounds of the tapping on shoes, the the, the, the sliding across the dirt mm-hmm. or what have you mixed with, the, you know, the, obviously the music, the score, the sound, the lyrics. I think a lot of a lot of that comes down to having great sound design. There's a lot of musicals, something like West Side Story, which I've often talked about as being my, mm-hmm. my probably my favorite musical. There's so much effort being put in both, you know, the choreography and the music where... I can hear the, you know, the kind of the, the, the shoes hitting the ground or whatnot. And I think about that. I think that sticks out in my mind as far as like something I can appreciate where you can, you're literally hearing the complications of making this thing work where you hear the score and you hear the, you know, the effort being put in by these performers. I think that's a, for me, that's a, that's a huge thing of, of watching movies like this, you know, watching the movies of this nature, which we'll get to with like La La Land, where there are some elaborate dance bits where, you know, you have, you have people jumping and hopping over things and i you know that that part registers to me as far as hearing those specific beats i think those are all great answers because even talking about sound design i end up thinking about fred astaire a lot i know i talk to you a lot about fred astaire and Mm -hmm. gene kelly and just it's true like you have the that tap you know and it just hits the (laughs) 
even more. It, it really just brings the energy and everything to the musical. Like, I, and we might talk about this more, but Alex, I I know what you're saying about you know, if you're you when you're younger, you hated musicals more. You know, hated certain kinds of musicals, and I felt the same way. Not necessarily hated musicals, but I there's an appreciation that I might not have taken in compared to you know now, when obviously you know all of us are more in tune to what cinematically works as opposed to just like bright colors and noise. Hey, that's fun. Um, there's something. It's like, it's like, it's like, yeah. I was gonna say it's like the way the song starts though. Like you think of uh, Hakuna Matata and and Lion King, and it's like they start talking about it, and then he asks like how the word is defined, and then they start getting into it and singing it. That was like such a creative way to actually like begin the song instead of just being like, oh, Hakuna Matata, boom. Yeah, there's some. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's kind of like with West Side Story with them on the rooftop and Anita mm-hmm. and Bernard. It's a Bernardo, yeah. and they're kind of going back and talking about being America, and it swings into the song the way i've the way i've tried to the way i've tried to look at it a lot i mean yeah obviously the music's one thing and michael you talked about choreography that's something i look at now where i see a lot of musical numbers very similar to action sequences i I, that's how i try to look at a lot of them where and you know vice versa where there's an astounding level of choreography and synchronicity that really just kind of brings it all together in the same way you'd see in action films which is why someone like um Oh, what's his name? The director of, of Step Up 2 and 3D, who went on to do G.I. Joe, and Now You See Me Too. Uh, but like that, but, but, but John, 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 yeah, John, John Chu? Yeah. No, Justin Lin did uh, Fast and yeah, Furious. John, 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 yeah, John so, M. Chu, right? Chu. Yeah. John M. Chu. Yeah, that was something yeah. where, like, G.I. Joe, not my favorite action movie, but hearing that he was announced to direct G.I. Joe Retaliation, like, that makes so much sense because of, like, I could see someone like that directing large-scale action sequences, like, and I, I, I appreciate seeing things like that play out. But Aaron, now you really make me want to see an action movie musical. Well, yeah. Someone I, needs to pull that yes, up. Yes, I, 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 I yeah, definitely. I, <laughs> like, like Damien Giselle, he better follow this up with an action movie musical. It makes perfect sense to me. That's what <laughs> <laughs> Put the rock in it. He makes everything better. It'll work out. So, um, all right. We already saw that. We already heard that too. A little bit, yeah. Actually, we talk, yeah. Moana, of course. You're welcome. <laughs> Anna, do you have a question? If you guys could be in a musical, what musical would you be in? And it could be Broadway musical or, or film musicals. Oh, so, or so a pre-existing, so not a musical that I'm creating right no, now. No, uh, unless, okay. you, <laughs> unless you want to be creative. That because way. I have a script I want to send out. Um, <laughs> you mean like starring in it? Yeah, or I guess some some role in a musical. I would say one of my favorites, and this is the only thing that just pops to mind, is Phantom of the Opera. I don't know As? why. I don't know if I would be good in any of it. No, I don't want to. I don't want to say the Phantom, but the yeah, probably. <laughs> You don't want to be what the, the, yeah, you don't want to be like... the Patrick Wilson part in the Joel Schumacher version. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I want to be the girl. No, I'm kidding. No, I, I don't know. I just like that musical a lot. Like, I actually will sing to it. I admit, just like randomly. The Phantom of the I do the same thing, Alex. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Offhand, I might be saying I want to be in the beginning of Robin Hood, Disney's Robin Hood, where I'm going oodle lolly oodle lolly god what a day. <laughs> that, that seems that seems like that'd just be fun. <laughs> Hopping fences, jumping trees, dashing all the way. I think I would go with Singing in the Rain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, musical? Um, I would have to go with something from the Jungle Book, not this recent one, but like, the, you know, the 1967 uh, The more musical one? Yeah. <laughs> the more musical one, the swing time jazzy one, because I, I don't know, that's the one, like, the one movie that got me into 
the jazz music actually so i was like okay we should create a, so this, this we time. should create a new um instagram video hashtag thing called jungle booking where we just all do the want to be like you dance and we're all just dancing around like King, King well, dancing around. in blue like, and mogli and just like swinging you know, circles as long as there's bananas <laughs> take that mannequin air challenge and all that <laughs> stuff. Air jungle booking we're making it happen jungle booking that's pretty good <laughs> okay all right that's enough of that. That's how you play. No, no everybody. everybody. All right. Let's move on now. Let's get down now, quickies. TM. Thank you. <laughs> Each week and out now, we have one main movie of the week that we talk about, but we always have a movie of the week that we talk about. TM. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I was kind of waking, waiting for Michael, but, you know. No, you got it. You're right here. <laughs> I want to go. Michael. Since Alex is the furthest away, <laughs> I want to get to him first. Alex, have you seen any other movies recently? <laughs> of course. Um... You want me to be quick about this? Yeah, that's the idea. No, I'm trying to think. I... Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> need, need... I know, I know. But, but I almost... Well, the moment you want me to start talking about a movie, I'm like, oh, man, I could talk about this for hours. But uh, the, the only two I've seen recently worth mentioning are Miss Sloan and um, I Am Not Your Negro, the documentary. Uh-huh. And both of them are fantastic. Although Miss Sloan, I... Some people have mentioned this in their reviews that, like, at a certain point, it just gets, like, really really not cheesy but just like you're like ri- like ridiculous in a way where you're like come that's on that's my general reaction so, where i i feel like because i i think uh, the movie's good and i think uh, chastain yeah, is definitely. very good in it uh but the yeah. i feel like if i take a few steps back from the thing she's doing in it i'm like this isn't happening like this isn't a thing that happens <laughs> but i get it which is weird because it, it almost like could have been great if they just stuck to it but then i don't know how that happened but yeah but uh, other than that i'm not your negro is fantastic it's like uh, it just—it's really deep. And explain explain really the premise of the documentary for people that aren't. I mean, I don't really know beyond that. Like, uh, um, what's his name now? Uh, James Baldwin, mm-hmm. who was like a prominent, uh, like blacks—I don't know how to call him, like spokesperson. <laughs> I, I don't know because I only know of him now through this documentary, which is what a lot of people are discovering. I'll admit that is that yeah. like you—you you learn about him through this, and it sort of has him discussing it's like uh reading chapters of a book he never finished and um the documentary is built around that and talks about racism and its presence in america and just sort of all of that context and it's like it's just it's it's like from the 1960s his words i think 60s or 70s but they're like still so important for today and it's just like so well done a lot along the lines of um uh the documentary the 13th yeah um, which is just like, re- like it's not only just a great story about what's going on, but it's just like really well made and has really great footage and intricate things going on. It's great. All right, Michael, what movies have you seen recently? Uh, I only seen one movie. Um, uh, it was Sing. Yeah. And yeah. And well, actually, I another hit another from one. Illumination Studios. Is that what you're saying? Yes, another hit from Illumination. A questionable hit from Illumination Studios. I actually saw actually two movies um the, these past couple of weeks. So yeah. Uh, the other movie was Monster Trucks, but we'll leave that for like oh, another what? time. We'll leave that for when you come back <laughs> on this podcast and we do our Monster Trucks I podcast. saw Monster Trucks yesterday. Man. <laughs> now I want to know about you got, it. It looks awesome. Got, I know I'm, I, well, I'm embargoed. That's you know, the thing. Of, I mean, we talked about Little Rascals. This is a movie that like feels like it should have came out in the 90s. Like PG Monster uh-huh. Trucks movie about an alien that inhabits a monster truck. Oh, boy. You are be- you're definitely coming back on this podcast <laughs> and talking about Monster Trucks with us. <laughs> but no, I I actually am like it looked because 
the, my main intrigue about Monster Trucks is the fact that they, I don't see those kind of movies, you know, like a PG live action kids movie. Regardless, and, I, and you know yeah. what? I will give credit to that. If, if I, you know, trying to say as vague, it, it, it does satisfy that kind of audience. It does satisfy that kind of audience. And if you can like let or like suspend all sorts of disbelief, I think you'll like it. I don't. So it what just made me even more excited for it. Was yep. there a trailer? Oh, there's a trailer. Okay, because I, I because, because the main image I can think of is him taking like a selfie with the monster truck. <laughs> He's like yeah. making a big face. So okay, because yeah. I didn't see the trailer, and re- in regards to Michael, brother, nothing can say there's not, but I, I guess it wouldn't matter because the trailer's out. Do these trucks talk? The, the truck. It's an or... alien that goes inside of a truck. Oh, a truck. and so a truck. It, yes. it like it like possesses the it truck. It inhabits <laughs> the truck. Yeah, basically. Yes. Yeah. You, you need to your see your the version. Trailer, sounds like, ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Well, what if, what if, so I, I think we've been a little snarky already to sing, but is sing worthwhile at all or? Uh, well, I I talked to Garth Jennings actually. Um. During the press uh, junket, and he directed Sing. He directed Sing. Sing. Yeah, that's how, Son of yeah, Rambo. Crazy. Hitch- Hitchhikers yeah. and Rambo. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I feel like and, I knew um, this and forgot it, but okay. <laughs> See, that's the thing that I I feel like when I saw it, it's like, wait, really? He directed this, and um, it's like he was the right person to direct it, but at the same time, it wasn't executed properly. In my eyes. That sounds like my problem with Illumination in general, where they have good ideas, but they don't seem to deliver on them. Yeah, that, that was just pretty much it. There's so many subplots that they're juggling, and it has, like, a heart. I, I, you could see it. It has heart, but it, it just doesn't, you know, try to... Uh, how do I put this? It just doesn't try to, like, emulate, like, how how good it could be. How, like, it, it has the potential to be great. But so does somewhere like just, the storyline, does it get stuck? Because, like... Is it? It's Illuminations, right? Which yeah. is Secret Life of Pets. Yeah, and the Disciple yeah. of yeah, movies, that's... and of course Minions. Narratively, it doesn't work. But like at the third act, where they have the sing contest, get, I assume. Have all that song. Yeah, basically, that's like spoiler alert. They have the singing contest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it all gels together really well. And as like this movie should have been just a straight up musical. I mean, oh, so, it okay. shouldn't like just cut out all the dialogue and just make it a straight up musical because it works so much better that way. All right, still be singing, still be seeing it at some point. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Anna, have yeah. you seen any of the movies recently you want to talk about? For a second, I was kind of thinking, no, I haven't, but then we did. <laughs> so, because <laughs> well, okay, you guys, actually, last night, oh boy, we watched Morgan, and so it kind of threw me out from like, what, what else have I seen? And so I don't want to really talk about Morgan, but we saw Morgan. Aaron, <laughs> like, talk about did, it. Did you hear about the Morgans, by the way? <laughs> Oh my gosh! That that's my that's my joke about that Hugh Grant Sarah Jessica Parker movie. Uh, Did you hear about the Morgan? Okay, I'm done with that. That's fine. <laughs> was that your subtitle for your review? That should be. I mean, if I saw it in theaters, that definitely would have been my review. <laughs> so definitely, that's one I saw last night with Aaron. I don't know why that was our Saturday night movie, but it happened. I think it was more just in in regards because he has to do it and watch it for Blu-ray review, which is fine. I'm all for you know sticking it out with you, babe. But um, it it was not good. No, it's like. <laughs> It's like someone watched Ex Machina and made all the reverse and bad decisions you could make when that moved with that movie. <laughs> I literally turned like to Anne because I was getting sleepy and I was like, Morgan, she may be dangerous, but this film is disastrous. <laughs> We're just like, what's happening? And we shipped that one right off to Gene Chalice. That's what we did. <laughs> but so yeah, that was a film. And we saw 
later in or earlier in the week on Tuesday, I think it was, Collateral Beauty by David Frankel. And it's basically a film yeah. about yeah. Will Smith's character. Uh, I can't think of his name right now, but he suffers a, a tragedy. It's like Richard and... or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he suffers like a tragedy and he's trying like his friends are trying to bring him back to life because he's just definitely not wanting to connect with anything anymore. And so it definitely deals with him kind of just like going through that process and he gets visited by time, love, and death. death. And so it's kind of a take on a modern spin of It's a Wonderful Life and a Christmas Carol yeah. film. It makes it like a, a you know a grieving story. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, so that's one is that... It is it good? I, gosh. I, <laughs> it was better than Morgan. I think, I think the, ob- the obvious hesitation suggests... <laughs> that's really setting the standard right the, there. The obvious hesitation suggests that it's not great. I won't say yeah. it's I won't say it's bad, but I no. think it's a, it's a credit to having great actors in a movie like this that ultimately makes it work. I like think it. Aaron and I we both said it's just because the narrative like we kind of already knew where it was going, so there wasn't any like real surprise. It, it feels like I was kind of describing it this way. It feels like if there was and it feels like this sounds snobby, but it's not trying to be. It's just more like what you expect from a big studio release. It feels like if this was if this was like an indie film, the story would kind of take different directions and where it wanted to go and how it wanted to try to surprise audiences or what have you but because it's a big warner brothers movie starring will smith it feels like it's playing it more safe than than a movie that would be of higher you know higher caliber would uh would go for it's fine yeah it's it's fine but yeah it's nothing special okay um so yeah how about you baby um i've seen a number of things (laughs) um this week because i'm sorry how about you aaron (laughs) (laughs) correction the the year is wrapping up so i saw the prestige film silence patriots day office christmas party like it really it um you you get all the good ones at the end that's what i'm saying um but actually i liked all of those films i just mentioned i'll start with office christmas party because it is the other main release this week the the biggest release this week since it, it was in every theater um it's fine like even if the title sounds like the one that you're supposed to replace eventually, but they never thought of something to replace that was better than Office Christmas Party for some reason. Like, the movie, it has a bunch of funny people being funny. Um, it's not especially memorable, but the time spent with T.J. Miller and Jason Bateman and all these people, like, it it, it, was, it, was, it was fun. Like, it... It, but yeah, there's not, nothing much else there. <laughs> These other ones, which we might talk about later on in more depth, uh, Silence from Martin Scorsese, it's very intense um, for what it's doing. It very much calls to mind films like it, like, like his other kind of more uh, religiously minded films like Last Temptation of Christ or Kundun, um, as opposed to something more typically Scorsese. Uh, but it's it's continue, it, it continues to be interesting to see Martin Scorsese kind of tackle his thoughts on religion and kind of the lengths people will go and what have you. Uh, that's all I'll say about that. Patriot's Day, the second film in three months from Peter Berg and Mark Wahlberg. It's quite good. Uh, I get coming off of Deep Water Horizon, which I actually also found to be surprisingly quite good. I, I'm happy to see Peter Berg really doing a good job of handling these kind of um, real-life docu-tragedies, I guess you want to call them, since they're based off events that happened relatively uh, recently. Um, and putting his own style on it, where the separation between enjoyment out of a disaster and seeing respect for a disaster comes, you know, very close to each other, but somehow he pulls mm-hmm. it off anyway. Like I, I'm, it, it's neat to see, neat to see him kind of juggle that and make a make a good film out of it. So yeah, and uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's enough quickies. <laughs> All right, <laughs> moving on. 
because we got a few trailers here to talk about. There's been a number of premieres uh, this week. We'll get to a few of them. We'll, have, we'll save some of them for uh, other podcasts because there's plenty to go around. Um, but let, let's start with some of these big ones. Let's get to the Marvel stuff first because Marvel has a couple of films coming out next year. And they decided, hey, let's put out those trailers. And so the first one we'll talk about is Spider-Man Homecoming, um, which is, of course, the new Sp- Spider-Man film made by in conjunction uh, with Sony and Marvel Studios. And I, we all got a taste of Spider-Man and uh, Captain America Civil War this past summer. Uh, now he has his own movie with Tom Holland in the role. And I just want to get to you guys. What did you guys think of the Spider-Man trailer? Start with Alex. It looks good. Um, my first thought was that they put out that little uh, teaser with uh, Favreau as Happy Hogan again, uh-huh. where he's like talking to him in the room and he sees himself and there's like the suit and everything. But was that not in the trailer? No, it was. That was like just in the teaser. No. Yeah, and I was I was very intrigued because I thought that was cool. And then I f- thought people were saying, "Oh, great, we finally have a movie, a Spider-Man movie with POV." But then I'm like, "Well, wait, the well, last like the first one, the, the yeah, the other ones had POV yeah. as well." Yeah, the the amazing ones had POV. And I every, think. Yeah, and everyone hated it. <laughs> no, I know, but I mean, I did it. I like. I think it. it's a cool concept. I, li- I like Mirror's Edge Spider-Man. Yeah, I think they're. I think they're. 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 You know, he's trying to. Not, I mean, obviously, he's doing the same thing again with POV, but just like trying to mix things up. And um, I mean, I'm not like I, I'm always intrigued by people who've read the comics their whole life and can speak more to that like connection to it. But that it seems this is to be going back to like the roots of his real high school. And like, you know, I, I like the angle of him still figuring it out and like just I, I like the way they integrate the uh, Avengers into it. That was very interesting where like he's watching them and the like video from Civil War. And, you know, and it's like it's like, OK, there's obviously the connection here, whereas they're not downplaying it. They're not just like, oh, he was in it and then there's no connection anymore. So it's I really like what they're doing with this. I just hope it's this is awesome because, you know, I felt this way about the last Spider-Man's and, you know, the rest is history. Michael, I, I'm now questioning when this movie this after watching the trail, I'm now questioning when this movie actually takes place, because there are moments where you see him wearing his like sweatshirt, I guess, uh, costume, and then there are moments where he's wearing the, like the actual costume, and then there's in that trailer he says like, oh, can I keep the suit now or something like that? So I was like, oh, when does this actually take place? Because it seems like it's hinting at it's taking place before Civil War. I mean, but, um, watching the footage of him yeah. in Civil War. Yeah. The- yeah, but at the same time, like it's like, oh, like when does he get the suit and everything like that? And then there's like. There were some people commenting on um, Tony Stark's black eye, which he got apparently during Civil during Civil War. So I was like, "Oh wow!" So this is kind of fun to figure out. Oh, this might not actually take place after Civil War, as some might have. Uh, maybe it's, maybe it's a mix. Yeah, yeah. it could be. A, yeah, yeah, maybe it's that's what I was saying. It's a, maybe it's a mix. But overall, I liked it. I mean, that whole idea of like what I'm saying about it when it's said doesn't really bother me. It actually has me more intrigued. But um, I'm want to know more about Donald Glover's character now that we only saw like just tiny peak of him in that um but he seems like he's a bad guy I always I always thought his casting was interesting because it was almost like the the let's throw the fans who want him to be playing Black Spider-Man a bone by putting him in a Spider-Man movie but not actually making him Spider-Man <laughs> like it was always like it was like uh, okay There's a lot of ironic like, casting like having Michael Keaton Batman slash Birdman as a Birdman in Spider-Man <laughs> 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 which I, I guess my question is like are they going to play up that or are they just going to like ignore that and just be their characters i don't know i think it'd be the best for them to just ignore it and just let you know 
more let cinephiles have more fun looking at that than you know having the movie expressly wink at you because that just that just seems silly. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be that'd take away from the whole experience of watching the movie. Yeah, no, I don't mean like like wink that he was Birdman, but just the notion of like it's Spider Man. He's he is goofy. We like, and that's the cool part about this trailer is the the, the goofiness is there, and it's like the jokes are there. So it's like, yeah, maybe I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Anna, what do you think of the trailer? I kind of feel like Michael in a way. I'm just like chronologically, how is this fitting into the universe with mm-hmm. the other films and everything, but. It looks good, and Tom Holland, you know, he looks great as Spider-Man. He looks like he's a, a good fit. I know some people were like, oh, he looks too young, and <laughs> that whole oh, <laughs> storyline of things. I'm like, How dare this high school kid look like a high school kid? <laughs> and so, I mean, it's great. Let's go back to Andrew Garfield, old high school kid. <laughs> and, like, his suit, like I told you when we watched um, Civil War and everything, like, mm-hmm. it was fun to see his suit when he came in mm-hmm. for that that time being in the film but like it keeps i know it's silly but it keeps me you think of like licorice though <laughs> yeah no i could yeah the texture of the suit and everything it looks like I was a... like, let's go get some red vines <laughs> <laughs> i know that's just like really random but i i like this trailer i what i like is seeing the high school stuff i'm very curious about this movie playing as a coming of age comedy in addition to being you know a spider-man superhero film but i mm-hmm. think the i think what the movie could do well is to give you more of the like, you know the peter parkerness of it i'm happy to see spider-man mm-hmm. but I, I i think i'm more curious about seeing you know th- this kind of you know kid with this you know crazy other responsibility who's also juggling being in high school and i do like tom holland here i mean, he's a lot of fun in civil war and I, I think he you know giving him the you know a full movie to do his thing i think this this you know has a lot of potential to be fun i know what john watts is the director who did cop car not exactly the film you're like, man, this guy needs to direct Spider-Man, but that is a good movie. And um, I, 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 I am excited to, you know, see, excited to see if the movie reflects like his style of filmmaking in the same way some of the other Marvel, you know, some of the, some of the Marvel movies that feel more auteur focused are able to like James Gunn or, um, or Joe Johnston with the first Captain America. See if, you know, it feels less like a movie made by committee, which is not necessarily a bad thing since the Marvel movies have generally been very good. But something that, you know, feels more of its own thing. You know you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the first one. We got a lot of things to cover. So Spider-Man Homecoming, that arrives <laughs> July 7th, uh, 2017. Let's, uh, let's, get, <laughs> let's get to this next one. Uh, let's get to Transformers, colon, The Last Knight. Um, the, fifth, the fifth film in the Transformers <laughs> franchise, directed by oh Michael gosh. Bay. Five films. Once again. Uh, this time, for whatever reason, Anthony Hopkins like, why not? And he signed on for this one, so he narrates the trailer to give it more, 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 more credit, I guess. <laughs> uh, but once again, Mark Wahlberg is back as my favorite feathered-haired inventor, Cade Yeager. And uh, that name is always great, by the way. Cade Yeager. And uh, he, he gets caught up in some Transformer activity once again, because Optimus Prime goes somewhere and seems to come back and uh, is not a... Uh... Not as a, uh, I don't know. Seems to have changed for possibly the worse, and explosions and whatever else ensues. Mike, what do you think of the Transformers trailer? Speaking of uh, Anthony Hopkins, you know my friend on uh, Facebook said he probably walked on to the set of Transformers wearing all his like Westworld attire, reciting lines, and Michael Bay just decided to record it and use whatever from that <laughs> recording. But um, I don't really have an opinion on this i just like okay it's another transformers film and it looks kind of cool but other than that i was like i have 
probably will just watch it um, from whatever screening I get, and I'll just <laughs> have the same opinions as I did with the other Transformers films, basically. It's like, okay, it's there. You know, it's another summer Transformers movie. It wouldn't be one without... It wouldn't be a summer movie without Transformers, basically. Alex, any thoughts on the Transformers? I mean, um, I, like, lost interest in this franchise already because the last film was pretty bad. And it just... My only thought is, like, it's, they seem like they're so desperate to get our attention again. Like, oh, my God, you guys, it's got Anthony Hopkins and more explosions. And guess what? A whole, a whole Arthur, King Arthur storyline. And it's like, <laughs> if only it were cool. Yeah, with like, it's it's like, <laughs> like, they're they're pulling every last trick in the book to try to get people to be like, oh, my God, Transformers. But it's like, eh, I really, it doesn't look good. And, you know, um, I was actually going to mention that you were wondering where Optimus Prime went. For some reason, when I was writing my post about it, I found this synopsis where it says Optimus Prime goes home to Cybertron, finds out it's a dead place, which he realizes he was responsible for. And then he uh, needs an artifact to, like, bring it back to life. So he goes back to Earth to get this artifact. I don't know if that's true or not, but it, like, makes sense as to why he's now, like, angry or, you know, different and comes back from where he was. It's like... So there's all these like weird, desperate moves they're trying to make, and it just—I actually had hoped it would look better, and I also hoped that they would have had more of the King Arthur footage in it. And there's like two scenes at the end, and that's it. Well, because I don't expect there to be like I expect that to be like the prologue to the movie of like Transformers were here since Arthurian times, and here comes so here no. we go, like just like <laughs> just like the last movie is like there were di- Transformers were around with the dinosaurs and stuff. Like, yeah, exactly. There's gonna be like five minutes of Arthurian times like footage, and then. That's and it. Then, like, cut to Mark Wahlberg moving his hair around. Don't say that. Like, I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was like a big part of the plot. I think that's well, why sure it's, it's a big called part the of the plot. Night. But I'd be like all like like most most of these Transformers movies have had some kind of like here's a prologue that gives you like a hint of the past um, that plays into like what the MacGuffin is for this movie, but we don't really see like you know like what the the Dark of the Moon one was like the 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 moon the moon launch right and there's like a whole thing there the last yeah, the last yeah, one was yeah. the dinosaurs revenge of the fall i really, i remember way too much about these transformers revenge of the fallen was like <laughs> here's like pyramids being built with transformers <laughs> like they really shaped our history guys. <laughs> I, guess I, I guess i i guess i'm hoping that there was like a time travel element where like optimus has some device that like takes him back and he's like oh this is where it's well, hidden in the car uh, I, bl- I believe that's what you thought or well, were hoping so that's why i'm like talking right now like so first, I don't really have that much interest with Transformers. I'm kind of with Alex and Michael on this one. And the reasoning for this, like, the only thing that was exciting, I was thinking that, whereas like, it's going to really capture like this two different worlds, you know, and combine them. And but... Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> but you're saying like it's going to be like a prologue or something. I'm like, I that's want... Again, that's, a, that's speculation. I, I, Michael Bay's with every right to have King Arthur featured throughout his Transformers movie. <laughs> And I, I just think that'd be a, a neat realm. Like, maybe you can... If people... Obviously, there are people who really enjoy these films, and it doesn't matter either way. But for people like myself, or, like, I guess you guys too, Alex and Michael, where if you have the story of King... Like, people like King Arthur, you know? The Canterbury... All these type of tales and whatnot. So it's like, if you have that as a really, like, heavy portion of the narrative, like, I think it could work. Like, why not combine the universes like Marvel and, you know... What have you? <laughs> to see all these different connections. Just, yes. <laughs> I, I'm not going to deny that a new Transformers movie isn't making me think this is going to be the one that's amazing. 
That said, that said, I do think the first Transformers film was a solid piece of entertainment. I think I I do think it does. Yeah, I think it does its it. job as far as yeah. mainly because I feel like it has the most Spielberg influence on it since he's a produ- an executive producer on all those. That feels like the one where he was the most heavily involved with it to the degree that Spielberg would be involved with this kind of movie. That that said, no, transport. It's not like you know the summer's going to kick off and be like, well, okay, what everything else can wait because Transformers comes first for me. But what I I mean. We only get one of these every, like, a few years, which I'm fine with, as far as, like, if I'm going to see a Transformers movie, I'm happy to not see one yearly, which I think is a... I think there's a big issue there as far as we're going to make a whole Transformers cinematic universe, and we're going to see these on a more yearly basis. Like, I don't know if I need to see a lot of these movies on frequently, but if I'm going to get another Michael Bay Transformers movie, I may not love it, but... I do admire the amount of work he puts into it. Like these, they they're bloated, they're too long. The stories are generally awful. But I don't ever see Michael Bay being lazy about making them. <laughs> for whatever credit that gives him, I, I think he, he he the the finesse he has on these movies is not you know subtle, but the kind of the work that goes into him, I I try to admire because I don't want I don't feel like sitting for what appears to be longer and longer running times and thinking, man, this is just, you know, torture. I want to try to find the good in these things. And if I'm going to see Mark Wahlberg running around with long hair, fighting Transformers, and speaking with his Boston accent, despite being from Texas in these movies, I'm going to have to deal with it some way. He moved to Texas. I guess so. He kept the accent. And, I mean, Alex, you talk about that random plot summary, which I, I don't know if that's the exact plot of it, but I think that is, like, what... If I recall the last film, and I like to think I can, I do. There is like he like leaves Earth to go back to find answers about yeah, Cybertron. Like yeah. that's what happens. Yeah. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if that's at least you know a good portion of the plot involves something like that. So it, I yeah. mean, if I'm gonna get another Transformers movie, I guess that's a way to take it. You make the hero into you know, you make him into Harvey Dent. He be, he's around long enough to become the villain. I guess that's that's the way we're going. I mean, we see Optimus Prime in. King Arthur's Court, and it's like the whole thing, like a kid in King Arthur's Court, and there's like roller skates. That's happening. a movie I want to see right and... there, but Optimus Prime <laughs> in King Arthur's Court. <laughs> He's like, he used to be a pitcher for the robot for the Cybertron League, and he's like, oh my god, I'm back in time. <laughs> <laughs> and then. I totally want to watch A Kid in King Arthur's Court again, too. <laughs> Seriously. Featuring uh, Rookie of the Year's Tom, uh, Thomas Ian Nichols. I know my, I know my cast of these movies. You know your cast of your '90s movies. and learning about chewing gum. So yes, Transformers: Colon, The Last Night arrives at theaters July, July, June twenty third. Gosh, that would be just so amazing now because he he looks at the well and that's the way he goes back and forth. He sees his own reflection. He's like, I'm just a robot that wants to pitch better. Now I want to see that. <laughs> All right, let's get to the last trailer we're going to talk about. The best one. Uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, the Planet of the Apes sequel that was able to solve the problem of how to get rid of of the twice in one title. And here we are. We have a four instead. <laughs> but seriously, this is the uh, the next film from Matt Reeves in the Planet of the Apes franchise. He, of course, directed Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, what's his name? Um, who directed D- Arise? Uh, I could say Rupert Saunders, so that's Snow White. But yeah, it's an, it's yeah, an... uh, yeah. What? Uh, Rupert, it was Rupert something. It's not Sa- Saunders as the, the Snow White guy. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, Rupert something. Um, it is, though. Rupert, what is it? Rise. No, we're looking it up. Like, who's going to win Hold this? On, here we go. <laughs> I got this. Rupert Wyatt. Wyatt. Sorry, Rupert yeah. Wyatt. Rupert Wyatt. Who directed Mark go. Wahlberg in The Gambler. 
callback to Wahlberg, but uh, who also had long hair in that movie. Anyway, <laughs> Matt Reeves has taken over the show in these Planet of the Apes movies. Now we have War for the Planet of the Apes, which features uh, Caesar once again trying to, you know, guide his 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 ape family to, uh, you know, prosperity and peace. But mm-hmm. evil Woody Harrelson, channeling evil Matthew McConaughey in Reign of Fire, comes in as the colonel and <laughs> looks to be uh, trying to solve this ape problem the humans seem to be having. Um, and what I imagine uh, war brews from there. Uh, I'm going to start with Anna. By, yeah, by wiping them all by out. Tra- yeah, wiping them all out. But <laughs> let's start with Anna this time. Anna, what did you think for the trailer for War for the Planet of the Apes? I think it's fantastic. Like, talking about these trailers right now, I definitely would put War for the Planet of the Apes first, then, you know, Homecoming, and then Transformers, of course. But it's just great. I've been I've enjoyed the... I guess it's not really a trilogy. Well, no, it's its, its own, it's it's its own, own reboot own... trilogy, yeah. And so yeah, I, would say that. I think it's been probably like one of the strongest since I was telling, talking to you about it, Aaron, about like the Dark Knight mm-hmm. trilogy. And I feel like it's it's been really solid the whole way through. And I'm really excited to see it next year. I think it's been great because like we've been – usually when you watch films, you're obviously following a character. And in this case, we're following Caesar. So you definitely have a lot of emotional pull for Caesar and – his triumphs and loss and everything's going through and like you said you got woody harrison in there and it's just like i know it's it's the battle of both like apes and humans but then you're you're cheering for the <laughs> for caesar and the ape community mm-hmm. because like you can just throw in woody harrison it's just like who's he and like why should we have any empathy or anything for and so i think it's just been a a great franchise so far and really i'm just really excited <laughs> uh but definitely because you see in films usually how it goes from child to adulthood mm-hmm. and like we've been with caesar like that mm-hmm. same as the different stages of his life different stages correct and so it's that's been an interesting like when i'm watching these films how as an audience you're definitely going to be rooting for caesar mm-hmm. and it's just because of that how that played out um but yeah okay i think it looks great <laughs> alex how about you what do you think of the trailer for war yeah i agree with her it looks amazing um I mean, first things first, I want to say I'm glad they waited to put the footage in that was finished because this is so CGI heavy that too often studios like will release a trailer where it's not done and it just kind of like you could tell. But this one is like so important that every last frame of it looks perfect so far, which is great because it doesn't come out for another like six, seven months. And I mean, I wrote on Facebook that this is probably a hyperbole, but I don't care anyway, is that it'll probably be in my top 10 next year. Like it looks that good. Like I just have the feeling like the snow you know the the like dialogue that caesar has at the beginning and then just like the there's like the shot near the end where there's like all these rockets going towards the the in the middle of this battle it's just like everything about it i'm like oh my god this is amazing i think mm-hmm. i think matt reeves really has found like his his ultimate franchise like and he understands every last little piece of it and he's truly grasping like how to take it like Anna said, both sides and pit them against each other in a way where like you don't know who to root for, but you do because you're loyal to Caesar. But you're also like, oh my God, there's all you know. Like he <laughs> he knows what he's doing so well with this. It's just like I'm so happy that Reeves is, is taking this on. It looks so good, so good. What about you, Mike? Uh, well, pretty much what you guys said. So I'm really not gonna like gloss over that again. <laughs> but um, like um. More to what Alex was saying, though, about the technical aspects with the snow and everything. It's like, oh, my gosh, the attention to detail on like the fur, not not the fur, the, the ape hair and everything. It's just so insane. And like how how much how many hours did they put into this? 
just to get every single fiber like right. And it's just, I, I just can't wait to see more and hear more about all the details that went into this. I almost think this is really ahead of the, ahead of its time in terms of like one day we'll have a motion capture Oscar category, but until then, like this is you know the the ultimate version of that being perfected and like seeing uh, Andy Circus play Caesar like in this trailer alone is just like oh my god you can see it on his face and everything. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. it's it's yeah it's pretty astounding the kind of work that 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 Circus puts into to, you know these roles and the the kind of the payoff of seeing uh what his effects just take hold and making this seem so you know lifelike watching the you know seeing the opening shots of just uh caesar and rocket you know on horses and suns that are in the snow like just those shots are just so incredible mm-hmm. where you just it's it's a mix of like you i don't think about it as effects but at the same time i'm still like in awe because i know it is an effect and that's a great like yeah that's a great lot right line to ride um and you put that into this continuing saga um, that's been excellent. So I really liked Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I thought Dawn was an, an improvement, but improving on something that was already really great. And I have, I, I'm with you, Alex. Is where I, I would be happy to say, like, I can't, I wouldn't be surprised if this would be on my top ten list, or at least one that I'm just, you know, really enamored by because it just, it, it seems like such an incredible piece of work mm-hmm. based off just the trailer, but just also the, you know, the, the, the uh, what's been going into these films so far. I've really appreciated not just the fact that it looks great, but that it's telling a really, really cool story. And uh, I'm a big Planet of the Apes fan in general. I really like the, the, um, the old 60s films and the 70s films, the, that, that franchise. Um, ups and downs notwithstanding, like Battle for the Planet of the Apes, the previous, the previous final chapter of that series. Like, it was, you know, it's OA, but, like, there's other ones in addition to the Charlton Heston classic that I really like. Like beneath the Planet of the Apes has one of the best endings I've ever seen, um, but you know, in Tim Burton's film, not one I really enjoy, but I admired the kind of the work that went into the production design and what have you, because it's a Tim Burton film for one thing. You kind of expect to see great production design, but also there was you know the apes looked really interesting, and now we have you know the CG version where it's like I just I really happen to keep seeing versions of these Planet of the Apes movies come out, and especially with this recent trilogy, it looks to be just shaping up to be a great set of films, like mm-hmm. a complete story that tells a full arc. I don't know if they're planning like a fourth one after this or not, but this one just looks like a great addition to it so far. So I, and also Woody Harrelson's great. Uh, like, <laughs> you know, I, I like seeing him in like, you know, smarmy, sarcastic mode or what have you. Like I have recently in like what, Age of, Age of 17 that just came out or even like the Hunger Games films, but seeing him as like a full on villain, that's fun. Like I want, I want to see uh, uh, Woody Harrelson just you know covered in and camo and taken on Caesar and everything. I want to see how that plays out. Um, it's a good, you know, the the cast for these movies have been pretty great. Where you, like John Lithgow is really good in Rise, or uh, what's the name? What Jason Clark and what Gary Oldman and others were in the last one. And this one, you know, yeah, add Woody Harrelson to the mix. That's that sounds interesting. So let's see where that goes too. But uh, you should be intimidated as he shaved his head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which i assume he does a fight with like grease he just finds grease and shoves it on his head and he's like oh that's how i shave my head <laughs> he just takes a knife out <laughs> but yeah okay so war for the planet of the apes arrives july 14th 2017 just go see it right now <laughs> <laughs> great, i wish yeah. yeah but yeah okay that's that's gonna wrap it up for trailers you can talk about a lot of trailers and a lot of movies are coming out there's gonna be more trailers to talk about even you know next week i mean this is obviously you know there's a the Fast and the Furious trailer hasn't arrived yet, guys, but it's coming, and I'm very excited about that. A couple that. hours, a couple hours. A couple hours, right yes, that's, yeah, it is called The Fate of the Furious, as we now know, which, because Vin Diesel loves puns, that's that's what I'm guessing on that one. 
Uh, yeah, but the A is not an eight. It, w- yeah, it will be every time I write it, Michael. <laughs> every chance I have a chance to write about the fate of the Furious, it's going to be spelled the fate of the Furious, that's for sure. <laughs> all right, but all of that out of the way, that was trailer talk. Let's move on now. Let's get to our main film review for La La Land. You're fired. It's Christmas. Yeah, I see the decorations. Good luck in the new year. I just heard you play, and I wanted. It's pretty strange that we keep running into each other. Maybe it means something. I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think so. You could just write your own roles, you know, write something that's as interesting as you are. What are you going to do? I have my own club. Is that going to happen every time? I think so. That should have been some of the trailer for La La Land. It arrives in theaters after having built up plenty of buzz for the better part of a year. Whiplash director Damien Chazelle moves away from the psychodrama territory into something a lot more upbeat. The film is a musical with the style of other 50s musicals in its heart. It stars Emma Stone as a barista slash aspiring actress and Ryan Gosling as a jazz pianist slash aspiring club owner. Uh, following Crazy Stupid Love and Great Gangster Squad, these two are in their third film together and will likely be easily regarded as their best as the two sing and dance their way through this ode to Los Angeles. The story follows their romantic pairing and the highs and lows between them. Chazelle's friend and collaborator Justin Hurwitz developed the music, which is what helps fill the frame as we watch this tale unfold. Alex Billington. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Were you a fan of uh, the, the hit Oscar-winning film Whiplash from Damien Chazelle, and do you like what he's done here with La La Land? Oh, one question at a time now, please. Um, <laughs> yes, I love Whiplash. Uh, I saw it at Sunday. It said it's world premiere. And um, it was one of the best sort of like opening films in Sundance I've ever seen where it just like it ca- actually one of the one of the best parts about it at the time was that it captured uh, this the, like feeling of Sundance, which is like everyone tells you you're not good enough. And, you, you know, you have to overcome it and you just do what you do and you do you do it the best you can do and you kick ass. Um, and I was really like blown away by what he had pulled off with that. Like, and then, and then everyone talks about like the last 15 minutes are so great where he just like rocks it out and kicks his teacher to the ground basically. Yeah. I love whiplash <laughs> to answer your first question. So what do you think of this follow-up? La La Land. <laughs> oh my God. I love, 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 love. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, it's probably like my number one movie of the year. I will fully admit uh, I've seen it twice now, so I can say that for sure. And um, I love everything about it. I, I mean, first things first, I, I have always loved musicals in my life, but like slowly getting into some more and this like just reached into every part of me that it like I wanted it to like in terms of makes you feel so happy and it makes you like reminds you of your love for movies and it made me want to love jazz and it made me want to go dance and learn more about dancing and it made me want to like get out there and dream and you know it made me love LA even though I hate LA but it made me love LA <laughs> like there's you know there's so much about it that's what I love is it's not just one thing there's just so much to it and it's the the songs are so I mean the thing we can't forget here is this thing is completely original it's completely written from scratch while it's inspired heavily by something like umbrellas from Sherberg um which once you've seen it you'll understand like the relationship and how it plays out in that film connects very closely to this one it's still nonetheless like an original creation which is even more remarkable when you see it because it's like everything they built 
the sets, the places they go, all the dancing, everything about it is just like so amazing. Like I want to curse. I'm so in love with this movie. Um, and I don't know if your podcast is explicit, so I don't know if I can do that or not. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, like, yeah, I could I could talk about it for hours. I could say so many things about it. Um, I'm actually extremely nervous about anyone who doesn't like it because I can't see I, I, like I'm I'm afraid to argue with them about it because it's like, how do you not see the joy in it? How do you not? Like, okay, yeah, maybe you don't love it. And I agree that it's not like the most complex script in terms of their relationship. Like these characters are kind of a little surface level, but like it doesn't matter because the rest of it is so good. And it, it just makes me so happy every time I see it. And now I listen to the soundtrack all day long, every day. So yes, there you go. Michael Lee, why did you hate this movie? I'm kidding. What, what, do you, what did you what? think of Lala Land? Are you going to have to speak to the other Michael Lee if you want to talk about how much he hated it? Um, no, but... Like Alex, I think Alex pretty much said everything that I wanted to say, but I'm going to try to address some new things. This movie is clearly like a love letter to Los Angeles and how it's so beautiful and not from its people to the city itself to all the like iconic landmarks. Everything is just there's Chazelle puts like a, a really nice sparkle to this and it's like oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, LA, you know, I, I live, I live around LA, but, um, it's beautiful. Like when you, when you're in it, but the way he showcases it, it just makes it, makes you appreciate the city even more because in that one opening shot, it's, you can feel the frustrations of, you know, being in that, in traffic and everything. And you see all this whole multicultural mix of people just, being happy still, even though they're stuck in traffic, <laughs> they'll like sing and dance and everything. It's like, oh my gosh, I never thought of it like being in traffic like that. Um, even though I do listen to the music and try to make myself happy, but seeing it from that kind of point of view is like, oh my gosh, now I can really appreciate like what's around me and everything. Um, but that this this movie is just uh, more to like Alex's point as well about listening to it. I when I listen to a soundtrack I like, it doesn't, I, in my car, I, I don't like switch out the soundtrack. Like that CD just stays in there. And that's been with the case for Moana. But now that La La Land's uh, soundtrack came out uh, this weekend, I, that's all, that's what's been playing all the whole time. Just La La Land straight up. I had that with Dope last year. And I had that, we've, we've had that with uh, Sing Street this past year too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Sing Street is great. Sing Street, yeah. See, see, it was it was for me. It was for Sing Street all the way up until Moana, and then Moana all the way up until now. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. So there was a long like layaway, um, not layaway, but long like lala between lala. I mean, uh, Sing Street and Moana. But anyways, <laughs> back to <laughs> neither. Uh, back to La La Land. It's just there's also like this. Chisel always has a way of juggling all the tones as well. Um, it's just it's while it does has a, like a sunny disposition there's also some dark themes and he seems to handle that with a lot of grace and um elegance yeah you, <laughs> that's what i had to say about it. all right anna what'd you think of la la land oh my goodness <laughs> i feel like everyone else is like you want to say so much about it and just like how do you get it out in words and mostly our expressions like you love it right mm-hmm. and so i i definitely enjoy musicals because like alex how he enjoys musicals i I think I really enjoyed Broadway like early before middle school and then in middle school I got introduced to Broadway musicals 
And I remember it just took a whole nother perspective of like what plays can be because it's like incorporating the dialogue and choreography and music and kind of like what we were talking about earlier, nobody, know everybody. And that's just so exciting. And I, I have such a love for the cinema during those periods of time, also in film with the musicals, because mm-hmm. they're definitely different when it's Broadway musical and then film musicals mm-hmm. and but I, I do enjoy them like I talked to you before on the podcast like the Fred Astaire you know age and Gene Kelly's as well and it's just like so much fun <laughs> and so this film even though it's kind of like you know you got the story of like boy meets girl and you you kind of see these type of stories right but I love it it's just like how Michael was talking about like we've we've traveled to LA you know we're right in the area and like when we were actually going to La La Land we were in traffic. <laughs> so, like, nice. So when that opening number happens, it's just like you look. I looked over at Aaron, and it's just like, oh my gosh. Too bad that doesn't really happen, though, right? Where it's just like everyone just gets out for a brief moment or so and start dancing. But I really enjoyed it. Like it's, it's so great with what he's doing. Also, um, Damien with the cinematography in the film and how it just sweeps across a lot mm-hmm. and talking about whiplash i told i was talking to Erin about this earlier and i was wondering if the cinematographer was the same cinematographer because in whiplash you have at the end when they're at the gosh what is it like a the big recital, the big recital a concert yeah. and you have the camera going back and forth in a sort of like a, a like a, a quick, gosh a, it's a very yeah. yeah it's like snap Whips. cuts like you're looking yeah like look a pov kind of thing like right. looking at them so like in the example for la la land it's when Ryan Gosling's character Sebastian's on the piano and Emma Stone's character Mia is dancing and it goes from him playing the piano quick you know cut back to her and it just has this sweeping movement and it's fantastic I think the cinematography in the film is one of my favorite things they're and, not the same cinematographer I meant to but it's out, yeah, so yeah yeah <laughs> same editors it's definitely enjoyable, and I know we'll talk about it more, but my opinion about the film, I really enjoyed it. I love the jazz aspect, and, you know, the director and Quartz are both musically trained individuals, so there's no no issue here, and as you've seen in Whiplash, of, like, incorporating jazz, so, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty terrific, guys. I mean, there's no real no real room for... Uh, room for uh... I was worried you were going to be the one who said it. <laughs> Yeah, I actually talked to Aaron about this. Like, you want me to just be like the person that didn't like it? Because I can point out some things that you know people probably when they watch it, like, what are people talking about? It looks enjoyable. There's things to try. Like Alex, you mentioned, like the the characters might be a little surface level, but like it's hardly it's hardly a matter in a film like this, especially a a muse a full blown musical where the, the characterizations aren't typically all that deep that there's layering to the story but like yeah that's not you know it's not it's a style of film and the way it comes out at you there's things to emphasize and things to not emphasize and you know character depth is not typically something that you know gets explored in amazing detail in a lot of musicals there are some that do obviously but yeah but that's that that feels like hardly a flaw in a movie that's so just like (laughs) constructed in such a way where there's so much effort going into all the various pieces that bring it together uh, the, this movie's terrific. I mean, it it has this great sense of energy and spirit in it, even when there's you know some lulls and downtime as far as how the story's playing out or what have you. The amount of imagination and creativity that goes into something like this is astounding. Like it's a great film to watch and enjoy for the enthusiasm 
you know, shown towards Los Angeles, like Michael, you were pointing out, and for the love of musicals, which Alex, you were pointing out, and just, you know, what Chazelle's clearly putting up to, to offer here, where he, he captures the, he, he, cap, he captures the kind of, um, the feelings people generally associate with LA where you have people that, you know, want to become somebody, that kind of thing. And, you know, giving, and there's a big, there's a big emphasis on like following one's dreams and making sacrifices on those dreams in order to kind of support yourself or your, your family or what have you. And it, it's neat how it kind of balances. What are some real world ideas as far as like how people, you know, come to, to learn what it takes to be, you know, an adult essentially mixing with that with, you know, color and liveliness and dancing and songs and high spiritedness, like all of these things, they come together. And it's, there's, there's, there's very little to, you know, go against this as far as what to, what to find is like flaws in a movie that's so alive with everything uh, mm-hmm. to, to speak to the, you know, the performers, I think, I don't think we've spoken much about them yet that Gosling and Ben Stone, they're terrific in this movie. Like they, they, have, they seem to be, in on what's going on here in a way that really lends itself well to holding on to the attitude of this film, which is, you know, having this cheery disposition, but having the banter in a way that feels kind of screwball comedy ish. And it, it all play, it plays out really well um, to have them, you know, be these people that have this relationship and also deliver these really well done songs that are a lot of fun and very, you know, very memorable, you know, have very levels of emotion associated with them. It's just a really great film all around. And like Michael was saying, how it's also like you see the places around L.A. Like I know when Aaron and I are watching it, we kind of look at each other every once in a while because we've we visited these places. Right, because like Mia, she's a barista on the Warner Brothers lot, which we went to. Mm -hmm. And then like you have Angel's Flight in the Central Marketplace. I want that to come back. Me too. I know. I was like, oh, that only happened for the movie. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, someone someone pointed that out. They were like, oh, all these places are great in the movie, but you can't actually go see them as they are. No, I think it was Angel's Flight, right? Yeah, everything else is there. I mean, you can go to the Everything else is there because they they, don't. No, but it doesn't look as ideal. Like, you can't just go and, like, do the same exact moment from the movie, I'm saying. (laughs) Well, yeah, there's a a fantastical level applied to a lot of these places, yes. But Angel's Flight, it is there. It's just, I don't think it's in working condition for it to go up and down. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's defunct right now. Yeah, it's vernacular. And so that's one thing because we pass by it and I'm like oh I want to go on it and then we I remember seeing it briefly for the the film um I guess when it was like gearing up for the trailer mm-hmm. and I was like oh Angel's Plate and I was like that's only <laughs> happening because it's for the movie <laughs> well I mean the observatory you can go to and you can throw people up into the air there just, they, they, they come back down yeah. that's the problem no gravity doesn't exist in the observatory so yeah well, if you want to come back down you work <laughs> though yes that's exactly right yeah <laughs> Watching the observatory scene the second time, I was wondering, do they break in? Because they go there like when the sun is setting, oh, yes. and then yes, they go they in the. They, they go there at night. They drive right up to it. Also, uh-huh. you can't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're a rebel without a cause, you guys. But, Property destruction. Yeah, no, like yeah. seeing all those you know places in LA. Just... I'd, I'd like to think there's a version of that where it's like they're just imagining themselves doing these things, but they're really just trashing the observatory the whole time. But, that's yeah. the that's the missing scene. A janitor walks like, "What are you kids doing over there?" He's from New York, apparently. He's he's bad asses. <laughs> <laughs> but just seeing those different um, locations, it's just fun to see. And again, like we kind of just spoke, how it's it's an ode to musicals and an ode to LA. And there's no shy in it where Damien Chazelle, because in our screening, he was there for a Q and A, 
and he talked about how he has a love for musicals mm -hmm. and how when he moved from New York to L.A., he kind of was like, you know, that attitude, like, oh, L.A. But then he fell in love with it and everything there is about it, like the sunsets and what have you and the traffic. And <laughs> There's some terrific stuff as far as, like, how he sets yeah. his scenes. There's that the theme yeah. with the, the duet, essentially, with, with Ryan Gosling and Stone, where it's at, it's at magic hour, right? And that's... Mm -hmm. And you get this great, like, overlooking shot of the city and everything with this, like, pinkish, purple, bluish sky. And it's, it's golden it's, hour shot. Uh, it's lovely. It clearly seems painted to me, though. I've seen it enough times to be like, I don't think that was act like there's also the, a featurette they put out where Sosan was shooting that and it didn't look like that in the featurette. And I'm wondering, like, it, it's almost in a way where, like, it feels like I'm at painting. Like, not in a cheesy way, but, like, in a, like, throwback to the way films used to be made kind of way. I wouldn't deny if uh, there's some, like, digital grading, perhaps, to kind of emphasise Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Is. That's what I mean. Yeah. But, it, but it's, like, in a way where instead of grading it to a point where you're like, oh, this looks fake, it's, like, you can almost be like, oh, this looks like a matte painting in, in another throwback kind of way. Mm -hmm. Which is mm -hmm. great. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's, yeah. It, it, has, it has fun mixing those kind of elements where, yeah, there's, you know, there's, you know, some manipulation at play in various scenes, but also just the kind of the big sets they created where they're, you know, imagining themselves going through certain things, you know, speaking like of the ending specifically, where you have a lot of a variety of different things going on to kind of capture the movie as a whole and the places they've seen and whatnot. Like there's a lot of creativity involved in all of that that really yeah, make it have its own, you make it feel like this kind of, you know, not just Los Angeles, but La La Land, essentially. Like it's making, it's giving you that kind of dreamlike. Uh, yes. A dreamlike feel of what things could be. Mm -hmm. And I just, kind of go a little bit into jazz because i really like jazz <laughs> and it just because you know jazz it's a form of musical expression and i think that can definitely be agreed with def defining musicals because you have these characters break into a song and dance and just express their their feelings their the love the sadness and what else is going about their day so jazz like it's just talking about sound design earlier it's just the feeling and the rhythms of everything, the syncopated rhythms, and that I really enjoy the hi hat of things. So like that hi hat symbol and like just the wispiness of the brushes and everything. And so when Gosling's character Sebastian, when he's just like looks over at Mia and he's like, "Do you like jazz?" and she's like, "No, I hate it." <laughs> I was like, he kind of has that, you know, that expression of like, "No, oh my goodness, how can I even like associate myself with you?" Because there is so much you know, feeling with jazz and it's the same thing with musicals and just how Damien incorporate these two art forms that are in a way have died or dying depending They're on certainly the... not as prevalent. Right. And so like yeah. yeah. It's just really fascinating to me. It's great to just like bring this back to life, this well, art form. I think that speaks to what the movie's accomplishing where I mean, we, we mentioned, like, you know, when you're younger or just certain audiences don't like musicals all that much. But when you when one says that, is that more is that making a generalization about certain kinds of musicals or is it you just need to be incorporated to introduce to the right type of musical? And I think La La Land tries to get into that where the movie's a straight up musical. It's not hiding that fact. It has a giant opening number that expresses it. Mm -hmm. But I'd be hard pressed to think that anyone that claims they don't like musicals watches that opening sequence and is like, this movie's not for me. I'm out of here. I'd like to think they'd be like, well, that worked. Let me see what else this movie has to offer. And I think that's the challenge that La La Land tries to lay out for a lot of people that may not be inclined to watch musicals on a daily basis or something like that. Right, because it's essentially yeah. an old-fashioned musical reinvented for today's audience. Yeah. And so it's just fascinating. I I, uh, I guess if anything, we're talking about the – because there's a lot of great shots 
you know, the cinematography. And I think one of my favorites is when they when she's uh, Mia's walking into the party with the pool and walks with the snow and everything. And there's a moment hey. where the guy jumps into the mm-hmm. pool and the <laughs> the audio just stops. Mm-hmm. And then it turns back on. And then we just sweep through. Why don't you guys talk Everything. about some of your favorite shots? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. There's some. No, that was I was I was the one she was mentioning was cool because doesn't the camera go into the yeah water the, the camera him? tracks the guy falling down and goes underwater and it goes with back him up and down and then comes back up yeah. again yeah crazy it's so cool isn't it is talk about that for hours <laughs> yeah so would you say Alex is that one of your favorites as well yeah I'm trying to think because I'm not remembering enough these <laughs> well um come back to me come back to me. <laughs> Okay. We okay. should honk the horn for him yeah. when you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to wave too. What <laughs> yeah. you, Mike? Um, for me, it was um, I, I'm really having a hard time like figuring out it's either because I'm looking at the soundtrack right now. Um, <laughs> it's either another day in the sun or someone in the crowd or lovely or a lovely night or a waste of a lovely night. And it was just like all those scenes were perfectly choreographed in like for the for those like individual songs like for another day of sun it's like we mentioned it was all in traffic and to get that all done in one seemingly one shot i'm not sure i think it's it was one shot but it's it's certainly constructed to feel like one shot i wouldn't be surprised if there's some you know movie magic going on but that's you know the movie's magic to begin with so it's like it it is i have i have a story about that when when you get a moment but michael continue (laughs) okay then but yeah so okay we're going with it's one shot but yeah it's one shot and to see it being tracked in a way where you can go from you know dancers to skaters to like a whole band like like playing out and then all of a sudden end up back in with um everyone just jumping up on their cars and going back down that was like really like that set you know my expectations really high it's like oh my gosh this is going to be like everyone everyone makes it out to be it's going to be great and then like when i was talking about uh someone in the crowd that very start how it gets like trying to convince Mia to go to the party that uh, Anna was talking about. It, it, it's it's very sweeping and it's very, uh, um, it's fun and cutesy. And then all of a sudden it goes to the party and it gets a little, not not too downer, but it's like, okay, it just sets the tone lower, lower, like, like the tempo thing. And then it becomes, it rises up all of a sudden and it, 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 it energizes the whole room. Like like the party does, so I was pretty excited about that. Alex, what do you want to say yeah. about the? Well, I mean, um, now that now that we were talking about it, the the opening scene that probably was one of my favorites too. And I hate to say that because there's so much other parts of it later on that are good. Oh, but yeah, I don't just, think it, I don't like, think it don't... takes away from how good the film I, I, is. I, 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 I know. know what I, mean. I was like, oh my gosh, it's so great. Yeah. So. Um, but like 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 he's saying, like I love the shot where it goes into the truck and then the, the like the back of the truck opens and there's dude more dudes just playing and you're like, What? This is so cool. But uh the, my story about it was that I actually asked Damien Chazelle, I interviewed him at the Telluride Film Festival, um, and I asked him about this scene and what he told me is that he uh he told me this story which I haven't actually published this yet, but it will this week. We got an out now Lucy uh, coming right here, guys. Here it is. <laughs> No, no, it was just in the interview. But, um, exclusive, he, he, right he, now, out now. <laughs> exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. So he told me that he um, shot. Uh, they had rehearsed it. They, uh, I'm, I think this is out in other interviews. But basically, they had like two days in the morning to shoot that scene because it was actually on the highway. Yeah. Like in the morning, they shut it down for a couple hours. 
And so he, t- he was explaining to me that they would rehearse at some big studio lot, like some empty parking lot or something. And um, he was telling me that what he was doing originally was he himself was shooting it on his iPhone. Is he was doing the uh, cinematography himself, Damien, as going around. And he told me that he, it was funny because his iPhone shots were so good that he was afraid that he wouldn't be able to to get them as good as they were when he was shooting them on his iPhone, like when they went out to actually shoot them. And obviously it turned out great and everything went fine and it, you know, it, it turned out perfect. But like that was his story to me was he was basically like, yeah, we were we were setting it up and I was shooting on my iPhone. It looks so good on the iPhone. So that's what I was I was confirming to you that basically it is one shot because from the from the conception of that scene, they were planning it to be one shot all along. And through rehearsals, that's what they were doing is figuring out where to put the camera and how to how to have everyone play out in the right way so that it would would be one shot. So, I mean, it's it's so impressive. It is. In the, cause the, the first time I saw it, I also thought I was like, there's no way this can be on the real highway, you know, because like I've been on that part of the highway. I think you guys have too. <laughs> And you're like, there's never a moment when there's no cars and they could do that. But you're like, holy shit, it is. Like, it really is. <laughs> you know, it, play, uh, yeah. it, it plays great. It does. And it, and if, you know, if there was a thing, you know, if there are some, I don't know, down parts to apply to the film, I, I would say that I wish the movie did embrace something like that more in it. Like that opening sequence is fantastic. And there's other great musical sequences. I wish there was something as... I don't know, bomb, bombastic, maybe too bit of a much of a word, but like something as you know, <laughs> as as big as a scene like that in the in the rest of the film. I'd say there are there are big scenes, there are big numbers or whatnot, but I do think the the film maybe could have benefited from having one more like giant scene like that that really just gets you, just you know, brings everyone in. Like a lot mm-hmm. of the other musical sequences are somewhat more closed off as far as they only feature a few players or whatnot. They don't have like everyone just randomly jumps into the like song and dance number. That's what I felt because yeah. I was talking to Aaron about that yesterday because we're we're also been listening to the soundtrack of course Sing Street <laughs> you know is um like in the summer <laughs> and now like throughout <laughs> the end of the year I think it's it's gonna be La La Land. I was almost thinking like it would have been cool if in the in the planetarium like there were actual people yeah. it was like a full planetarium and then they do their dance and then like they come back down and then like everyone joins in and singing with them or something like that that would have been a good cool one yeah too. and more yeah that would have been a good one. obviously this is just speaking to we're we're trying to like pick <laughs> trying to pick out little things to like complain about but it's hardly anything we that really more dance yeah. <laughs> see uh, when I was talking to this about with my friends um one said there were too many songs one too many songs and one uh, said there there weren't enough of them. Yeah, I, I I would be in the not enough of them camp. I think that you know there's there's a bit yeah. of a lull in the second act. I would say. And, yes, there is. I, I would have it, to I, that too. I think it comes back strong um, for a, a pretty terrific finale that has some qualities that I can't get into, but something I, I I very much appreciate about what it was doing. But I do think the kind of getting to that point means you have to kind of hit a couple down notes to really get there. And I don't know if a song necessarily. Actually, there, there kind of is a song. Is Emma Stone has like a you know a a, a solo number that's pretty great. But it, it, you know the way the story plays out, it get, it get it move, it moves it starts to move it starts to lose some of the energy to kind of get you in a certain place, which is necessary. So I don't know if you know another big giant song number would have been appropriate around that part. But I, <laughs> it, it's interesting to see how you know the the kind of the pieces came together to make the story that they wanted to tell. But I have a question. What you guys what you guys think of uh, John Legend? And that that subplot in this film. I who should begin? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only have like a thought. <laughs> I could no, see I how have... they went with that. I mean, it, would I have noticed? Like, if they took it out, no, probably. You know, it's just, it's just like, yeah, it's just something to motivate 
uh, Sebastian's character, I guess. That's how I felt about it. And because how he feels about Mia and, you know, how he wants to live up to, like, her... Well, I, I guess, yeah. To some certain expectations, I'll try to keep it vague and non-spoilery. Um, he has to make that decision, like you were talking about, Aaron, about sacrifice and everything. And it, it's in the trailer, too. Um, he has to, you know, put down his uh, dream of owning a jazz bar and kind of sell out, which I was alluding to. Not not that John Legend is a sellout, but he plays a character who practically has sold his, like, the way he plays about jazz and the way he approaches jazz, he's sold out, basically, to corporate uh, ideals. So, yeah, that's how that's like, okay, you know, I could see how that works with the, that narrative. I would agree with Michael. That's, like, my thinking of that. But, like, I think instead of having John Legend, you could have just had, you know, any actor really or just like no i'm serious just like or an unknown actor to be in that role maybe mm-hmm. i was having a discussion on on facebook recently with a friend who who was mentioning that he's like the the song that they play um something what's it called it's like something fire start a fire start yeah, a fire. fire he was like you know what the song's actually not that bad <laughs> and uh it, it's good it's good to the point where you start to hear the ryan gosling piano solo and you're like because you know because yeah, the movie's yeah. trying to do something very specific like so it, it has to emphasize that bit in it and like yeah that's what I was it's not like a too. bad it's just more of like this seems it obviously sticks out because they need to have sebastian have his own like portion of the song that doesn't really reflect I, his style of music yeah but i was saying to him that i was like well that we can't forget that john legend wrote that song yeah, yeah. for the film too like it's like you can't forget that it is a john legend song like obviously like you're saying it is meant for a specific part of the narrative but it's like um well it can't be bad either because they're not but you can't you like yeah. you can't make a song that's like clearly bad but somehow make sebastian more popular in a way he doesn't want to be yeah and we, we were also discussing the, the like the conversation he has with him which is in the trailer that the part where he says like you, you have to think about the future not go back mm-hmm. and i was like the whole the whole gist of the movie is basically like no you do have to go back but at the same time when he was saying i like the song it's like well okay my my conclusion with him was basically like well yeah but that's kind of both like you you should appreciate the past and we should still keep that alive as well and also say that yes john legends at least in this movie kind of style of new jazz or whatever you want to call it can exist and the, both of those can coexist together like he's okay right like he's not like an important part of the movie he's just there to kind of move gosling's character yeah there really there are many supporting characters yeah it it, it, really is the stone gosling show and Mm -hmm. just there's there's a few you know like (laughs) what's her name rosemary dewitt pops up as his sister john legend here she has roommates like there's but there's 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 hardly there's hardly i mean there's hardly any you know other characters in this movie that have anything to add to the thing besides like saying like hey we should go to this place the Mm -hmm. end of their their role because the focus is on them and it's about their struggle and their careers and in their romance and everything mm-hmm. and they like you said they are terrific together and i guess just back to the opening scene just when they're stuck in traffic and gosling he's honking that horn and he just looks <laughs> that that face the facial expressions he has mm-hmm. i think are are great um <laughs> moments in the film as well and yeah, I, I'm glad. I'm glad that the, like the, the both the most annoying and funniest running joke of this year might be Ryan Gosling honking his horn for long <laughs> periods of time, and just standing there right with his face. Yeah. And I mean Emma Stone too. She has a way of like conveying expressions. I mean they're both 
Well, actually, I'm not too sure about Ryan, but Emma Stone's been cabaret. She's been on Broadway. So there's a lot of um, moments. Can you confirm that one? Anybody? I don't know Gosling to be a song and dance man. Or like he's been in theater. I've been having this moment with sitting with Aaron a lot in movies, and I turned to him like, like for Adam Driver, for example, and Patterson, I was like, did he do theater? It feels like he's been in theater. Mm. And like I can I can feel that and see that when I'm watching the film. So for La La Land, there is this moment where – Gosling's in the, his apartment with his sister and there's a scene of he's just like standing the camera kind of tracks towards him and it just feels very theatrical and the same thing with Emma's um she's great because like her vocal range like there's it's no... more expressive than uh, than Gosling's is there is yeah any other thoughts on La La Land guys yeah I actually have something I want to mention okay <laughs> well <laughs> First time, Aaron, I could talk about this for hours, but the ending is interesting, but it, uh, never mind, we won't talk about that. Uh, but no, uh, <laughs> one of the things I wanted to mention, um, also specifically because Mike talked about this earlier, was choreography and dancing and how great it is in this. But one of the things I loved was the second time I saw it, I noticed that in the duet scene, which is the the sort of first time they meet after the party and they're like walking down um, like uh, up in the hills. Yeah. Yes. And, um, they come to that moment and they, it's the tap dance number, which is obviously like a throwback to great tap dance numbers of musicals past. But um, what I notice is that she doesn't have the right shoes on and that uh, she she in her bag has tap shoes. And for some odd reason, Ryan Gosling is wearing tap shoes, but she has tap shoes in her bag. And during the scene, she takes them out and slowly puts them on. And you should mm-hmm. when, the next time you see it, if you haven't seen that, it's so great because it's like instead of a scene where she just has them on. Or instead of it, they just cut and she just has them on or something. It's like she actually had goes through the process of putting on her tap shoes, like getting prepared to do the dance before she, in in terms of narrative, actually knows that she's going to dance. But it was so great because it was almost like they, like uh, this is what I like about Damien Chazelle, and he knows what he's doing is that he embraces that idea. Like he's like, you know what, this is a musical. We are gonna have her like proactively put on her tap shoes and get ready to do a dance number with him. Like screw it, we're just gonna and, show that happen. And it's it does, so there's, great. A, there's a sense of logic to it because she's been walking up and down this hill trying to find her car, and so she's in her heels. And he's heels. Like, my, my feet, yeah. my feet hurt. I want to change my shoes, and that's the shoes that she yeah. has. <laughs> I mean, any yeah. female just... knows you try to bring like another extra pair unless you end up being barefoot walking around after heels. Yeah, but... and, and some people just have taps on their shoes. But, no, but she, her character, she is. She goes to audition for Rose a lot. So who knows? Maybe she was for a tap dancing role, and so she actually, you know, a tough talking tap dancing <laughs> police officer. But that scene is really great, Alex. Like I love how Gosling's character, like he kind of pushes the dirt while she's trying to put him on, and then yeah, yeah. she does that look, and then goes back into her bag and gets the other shoe to put on. Mm-hmm. It's it's fantastic. It's Gene Kelly type moment. It's great. Yeah. And, I, and I, it's so great with the choreography because they play around this, the, the seat. They jump up onto it and they play with the pole and it's all so natural. And it's just like it's so beautifully done and so great to watch, which is why I was mentioning Mike's point, because that's like it goes back to the this beginning of this episode where we were talking about how like what makes a musical great. The, the choreography in this is so great and it plays into each scene so well. I mean, not to, uh, we've talked about the opening number so much, but that's a gr- the perfect example of that. But so much of it does the rest of the film. Yeah, that's all I had to say. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk I mean, about that, it more. Because <laughs> no, I mean, even like the, the final in minutes is like this, uh, without saying too much, it's just them like dancing around different sets and things. And it's like, oh, this is so fun to see them do that. And so Super good. Because like yeah. I turned to Aaron and I was just like, I kind of, push a little bit on his hand because i really my one of my favorite films is funny face and that's the film with fred astaire and audrey hepburn and 
Mia, Emma Stone, she has like the balloons and she's like standing in front of the Arc de Triomphe. Mm -hmm. And so that's towards the end, Alex, like you were saying, like you swooping into different, you know, sets and like also being on the scene, like an American in Paris. So it's just like so many great callbacks to these great musicals and it's fun to see. Yeah. I think we can all agree that the film is quite terrific. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say... I still haven't pumped the other Michael Lee who hates it. Yeah. <laughs> it this is why I'm seriously concerned. Is it's hard to like... Like there was someone I was arguing with on Facebook who was like, oh, I didn't find any joy in it. I'm like, what? How? <laughs> I don't understand it. It started off bad. It only got worse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, yeah, obviously... Cloud hangover that person. <laughs> obviously, we all really like the film quite a bit. Uh, I... I, I think we can uniform, you know, unanimously say uh, see it in theaters right away when you get a chance. Um, it does expand on December 23rd, I believe. It starts to expand to more theaters in the U.S. at least. I don't know about... about so next weekend. <laughs> next weekend. I, I mean, it probably, you know... It expands and then wide release on, like, the Christmas weekend. Yeah, okay. So Yeah, yeah it's it. like 200 theaters next weekend and then, like, wide release in Christmas. Okay, so. well, and then for me, it's, like, next March. Uh -huh. so I, think it's, I think it's January okay. in Europe. And to jump in, like, Alex, you, you mentioned, like, oh, when we were going to go see La Land, that Aaron and I should go to a jazz concert. We actually, the day after we had it planned that we are going to go to this holiday jazz concert um, at, the, at the Saddleback Community so we, College. So we did see some jazz. So we did see some jazz, oh, just to let you know. <laughs> and well, it's great. It is great. There's this scene where he's like, he's like, oh, what are you doing right now? Nothing? We'll go see some jazz. And, you That's know, what I want people to do. I really do. I mean, do any of you guys, like, do you like jazz? Oh, I certainly appreciate jazz. Yes. Yeah, it's that, yeah. it's not well, like my my callback passion as far as like I used to be a young whippersnapper sneaking into <laughs> jazz clubs. <laughs> a whippersnapper. Yep. <laughs> awesome. But I certainly have. I, yeah, I, I do. And I do enjoy jazz. I'm happy to hear it when I do. And I'd be I'd be I'm not about to claim that I'm some kind of pro as far as you know identifying every track or what have you. But I I do like hearing it, especially live, because you get that sense of improvisation that feels very real. Right. Like last night I was speaking with Aaron because I was like wondering if you ever been to a jazz concert before. And you you get that you get to kind of just watch these, you know, musicians tune in with everybody and the timing and everything. You have the drummer who's basically the timekeeper of like what's happening on stage and they do like this subtle movement of like they see how everyone else is in sync and it's just fantastic. Okay, so the three of us, Alex, Michael, and I are saying see La La Land in theaters. Anna saying see La La Land in theaters and then pay additional money to go to a jazz concert. So that's... <laughs> Keep the art forms alive, okay? <laughs> All right. Well, that was a lengthy discussion of La La Land. Let's, uh, let's move on. Um, as much as I would be happy to continue talking about La La Land, let's, uh, let's move on. <laughs> Let's get, to our, let's get to our sponsor real quick. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Why Audible? Audible content includes more than 180,000 audiobooks and other similar programs for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any kind of MP3 device. Additionally, Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download of your choice and a 330-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. You can download a book for free. You can start listening. It's just that simple. Um, you can download a book you can check out the service if you don't like the service you can get rid of the service but you get to keep the book that you download for free for free so be a winner read or listen at audibletrial.com slash out now podcast uh let's move on now let's get that now feedback 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 thank you <laughs> <laughs> this is where we go over the various questions and answers on our facebook page facebook.com slash out now podcast where we have a number of questions that are that we ask and our listeners provided answers for them and so i'm going to go through the questions if you guys and anna you want to 
provide your own answers to these questions about to lay out there. Y'all feel free to shout them out. All right. All right. <laughs> so here's the first question I've asked. Uh, what is your favorite musical of all time? Maxwell writes, Singing in the Rain and Cabaret. Manish writes, West Side Story, My Fair Lady, and The King and I. Amy writes, Singing in the Rain and Moulin Rouge. Alyssa writes, West Side Story. April writes, Chicago. Chris writes, Chicago as well. Justin writes, Mary Puppins. And Philip writes, Disney's Robin Hood. Well, I'm not that huge of a musical fan, and um, but I do watch them. And then whichever ones I watch, uh, I think... The ones I watched the most were like the Disney animated ones, so I would have to say like Jungle Book. Alex? Yeah, my favorites are The Wizard of Oz. I love that movie so much. Uh, the Willy Wonka with Gene Wilder. Screw the other one because it sucks, but that Willy Wonka <laughs> is awesome. Um, and then what other one am I thinking? Well, I only watched it recently, and it's a great reference for La La Land, and it has become one of my favorites, which is Umbrellas of Cherbourg, which is the Jacques Demy, like, 1961. And it's like there's a there's a famous song in it that when you hear it, you'll probably all recognize it because it's been used 100 other times since. But, like, that one's now one of my favorites, too. Well, it's definitely my favorite scene in the rain. I think it's fantastic in what it's doing, showing the transformation from – silent to speaking films and i was talking to aaron about this earlier just looking at the oscars during that year how it didn't get anything <laughs> and so definitely curious to see what happens really? yeah it's it's it has a it had a, a score nom a score win but right. it didn't get like any it got an actress nomination but like a supporting actress nomination but it didn't get like anything no best picture director anything like that like it's not a it wasn't a major player at the oscars and so it'll be interesting to see i think going into this year's Oscars and see what La La Land does. And I know Aaron was saying how it's definitely a thing with audiences. They end up, they didn't like musicals back then or really have embraced, you know, that type of cinema. Well, certain films then, that are, it's only thing of the rain's more ahead of its time than other films. Right. Where like other musicals are more standard for the time and kind of got, got their, you know, that kind of acclaim that they got at that time. Mm -hmm. Where now the Oscars likes to it's look nostalgia. back at things and, yeah, Oscars love movies about Hollywood too. So right. yeah, think and, about that. And so, like, definitely seeing the rain's a favorite. Right. <laughs> Next question we have is a favorite Emma Stone performance. Jay writes, <laughs> Jay writes Easy A, although I enjoyed her in pretty much everything other than movie 43. Uh, <laughs> Justin writes Easy A as well. Chris writes Definitely Zombieland. Philip writes Wichita in Zombieland. And Mike, you added, does her cameo scene in Popstar count? <laughs> <laughs> It's a good scene. Does it? I mean, come on. It's a funny I, I scene. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> That's a funny scene. I already provided my answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess Easy A. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah. Easy A is like the like go-to answer. <laughs> That's the one I can think of. Yeah, I'm trying to think of I other think like so, Emma Stone performances. I like, like Zombie Man, too. Like, Everyone was saying Easy A, so I was like, yeah, I don't want to say Easy A again. So I was like, oh, she was in Pop Star. <laughs> She's she is good in Birdman. Like she got an Oscar nomination oh, yeah, for it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Birdman. Yeah. That's Wait, did one. she get the Oscar? Or no, she, she got the nomination though. I would go from since you mentioned that I totally forgot about Birdman. Yeah. Birdman. Is yeah. Uh, next question is favorite film that uses the city of Los Angeles. Amy writes Drive, The Nice Guys, and I'm expecting La La Land to make it a, a Gosling trifecta. Uh, <laughs> Mike, you Mike, you wrote uh, Drive. Yep. Uh, Justin writes To Live and Die in L.A. Jay writes either L.A. Story or L.A. Confidential. Uh, Tammy writes Training Day. Manish writes Nightcrawler. Philip writes The Sandlot. Sandlot in L.A.? That's what I was thinking, too, when I saw that Sandlot? answer. Like, uh, Sandlot? 
I guess. I mean, I mean the, the character goes like a, to Dodger Stadium, but that's about it. That's all I could remember. I thought it was in like a nondescript small town or something like that. Maybe it's a suburb. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler is a great one, yes. Um, I am a huge fan of L.A. Confidential. Uh, I'm trying to think of movies that really highlight L.A. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Chinatown's great. Chinatown, yeah. Chinatown's great. La La Land. Double, uh, and Dem- <laughs> double, double Indemnity <laughs> set in L.A. People don't really remember that very I'm gonna much. I'm going to say but... La La Land. That's, that's probably the, the best answer. I was like, uh, to Amy's like um, answer, I was going to go, uh, you know, Gosling should just do like, uh, a tour of LA with some some random people, like some sort of movie marketing scheme. Like, oh, we're gonna go on a tour of LA because he seems to like know the area like the back of his hand now. Um, collateral and heat are answers that I have right now. Michael Mann knows LA quite well. Um, he hates those streets. Oh yeah, collateral, right? great. Yeah, uh, heat is awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was gonna. Yeah. The only other one I throw in because this encompasses everything is a documentary called Los Angeles Plays Itself. Okay. Have you ever heard yeah. of? Yeah. It's like uh, it's, I think it's like three hours, but it's basically this uh, really impressive documentary <laughs> that covers. Um, no, it's it's like a long thing because it covers all like the idea of making a film in Los Angeles, and it covers how filmmakers have glorified the city, and it's it's really really fantastic. It's like if you, I, I watched it when I hated L.A. and I was like, you know what, L.A. is kind of cool. It was another one of those movies that made me actually appreciate L.A. by the end of it. So if you really want to learn more about making movies in Los Angeles, watch it. Los Angeles plays itself is the name. All right. Next question. We have favorite musical performances in a musical or otherwise. Uh, Manish writes Gene Kelly and singing in the rain. That sequence is still the gold standard of musical set pieces. Uh, Philip writes drive it like you stole it in sing street for the scene. Even more than the song. Uh, Marcus writes Carl Anderson as Judas and Jesus Christ superstar absolutely kills it. Uh, Chris writes, anyone singing Marilyn Monroe from the musical Blood Brothers? And Brandon Peters writes, Andre Brower's Freebird in duets. This makes me want to revisit duets, almost. Oh, I mean, I was going to say anything Gene Wilder does. Yeah? Okay. He's always, he's always, he's like, he's not the best singer, but just like he brings this gravitas to his, his musical performances. It's so great. Yeah. I guess, you know. Ain't not nothing new. <laughs> Ain't not nothing new. I don't know why I'm saying that that way, but uh, maybe thinking about jazz and blues right now. But Gene Kelly. Just Gene Kelly. Yeah, and also, I mean, think of other musicals and like Showboat. There's great roles in that one being played. Okay. All right. I, yeah. I was like totally at the time because this is. I don't think I've seen it in ten years, but it, since it came out, but I was way into Dreamgirls. Uh, I think it was Jennifer Hudson, right? Who had like that one main role in it, which was like, I went like crazy for it. I think it won a couple of Oscars. Didn't she, yeah, she won, won an Oscar. Yeah. 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 I remember being Eddie like, Murphy it did. was one of those like, oh, I heard all the buzz. <laughs> and you're like, oh, is it going to be good? And then I went to see it and I was like, oh my goodness, it's good. And she, she really stands out. That's all. All right. <laughs> all right. I was just pausing because I was going to sing that song that she sings. So I was like, never mind. The <laughs> <laughs> next question is a uh, favorite lead character in a musical. Manish writes Eliza Doolittle from My Fair Lady and Anita in West Side Story. Uh, Philip writes Betty Haynes in White Christmas. And Justin writes Ted Hamilton, the Pirate King, in the Pirate movie. Mm-hmm. For leads from musicals. I'd have to like think about this now that I'm mm. I'll, I'll say I'll say Jack Skellington in The Nightmare Before Christmas. He's so he's so optimistic about things. <laughs> he's the pumpkin king. <laughs> Gosh. I'm like losing the name right now, but he's not the lead in Seeing the Rain. Cosmo. Is it Cosmo? I think it's Cosmo. Is it Cosmo? And even though like Gene Kelly is great in that film, 
I feel like Cosmo, like, even though he's not the, I know it's a lead answer, but I'm going to just say Cosmo. Okay, all right. <laughs> is he the one who does like the flips and the he does he, yeah, he, he does, does a lot of the really creative dancing that doesn't get nearly as much credit as Gene Kelly does. <laughs> right. All right. Last question that we asked here: impressions on any of the movie trailers that have come out this past week? Uh, Justin writes: Spider-Man looks interesting. Haven't seen the other twos, although I saw the Baywatch one. It looked promising. I mean, it's got the Rock in it. So there you go. All right. We talked plenty about the trailers this week, so now we get to. <laughs> Our questions here, uh, we, got, we got one question thrown our way, and it's from Justin. Again, he writes, I recently saw Moana again. Uh, when she's in the cave and sees what her people used to be, made me feel a little emotional the second time around sitting next to my two sons. So my question is, have you ever felt like you were meant to do something else? Like there was more that you were supposed to do? No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I think isn't that like the great challenge of life is to yeah. try and do it. I, yeah, I, try to... I, I think that speaks to you know our our general youth between the four of us that we're we're not, yeah. I, I don't think Find we're your purpose. I don't yeah. think we're old enough to have gone beyond the lengths required to have accomplished things that we want to accomplish in life at this point. I should have went to law school. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want to turn the question back around on the guy who asked it and be like what. Did you? What do you want to have done? What is it that he has want to have done? Or maybe he doesn't know the answer to it. But like, what made him think of that? What is it that he wants to be doing? Well, just that's more interesting to me. I, 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 I'll throw the question back at you. Although I'd like to think that you, you have two sons. I'd like to think that feels like an accomplishment in itself, right there. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you're a great father. But yeah, if there is something that you can think of that 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 maybe you you want to express in some kind of answer, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, as far as we're speaking, I don't think any of us. I don't want to speak for everybody. If you have something you want to add to that, I would say there's still time <laughs> um, for me personally, at least. I, I think the the accomplishments I could achieve are, are still to come. Although I don't feel like I've wasted my life in any way. I'm, I'm very happy with the position I put myself in thus far. I think, well, I haven't done this yet, but I feel like there's something. It's not like I supp I'm supposed to do. I just I would like to do this. And Aaron knows this, like I get very emotional when it comes to homelessness. So I definitely want to do something in the future, you know, and just help out homelessness in America. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, right. for, for me, um, I guess this is more to the, like the Moana thing about um, how the chief, her Moana's father wanted her to be like the chief, but Moana had that calling. I, I, I kind of relate more to that. So yeah, uh, I found this and what i'm doing right now with you guys um writing about movies and everything that's that's sort of what i'm happy with right now so yeah all right that ends a very special episode about now if i'm kidding but uh okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no it's a good it's a good question it's it a, a and good it's, question. it's one that everyone yeah, listening should ask themselves as well yeah okay all right Deep. <laughs> let's uh let's move on now that was that not feedback 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 thank you <laughs> What's um? <laughs> what uh? What uh? What what time is it? I think it's time for games. <laughs> All right, I think you're gonna have um Quartz come calling for you to help him out on his next. That was of course the improvised <laughs> theme for games, very much La La Land inspired, and Anna, I believe you've created a game for us this week. I do. Are you guys ready? So the title of the game is Lala, What's the Name of That Show Tune? <laughs> oh, no. Like Lala. Hey, I, oh, I got it. 
<laughs> and so I'm going to either speak it or try to sing. Uh, we'll see what happens here. And you just have to name the the musical. So you're going to speak or sing lyrics from a song in a musical? That's correct. A musical film, I yes. assume. And we're going to have to guess what the film is. That is correct. So we will, <laughs> so as usual, we will shout out our names if we think we know the answer. Mm -hmm. So I'll be like, Aaron, this, that kind of thing. Yes. Okay, so you guys got that? You guys ready? Ready to give it a shot. Okay. <laughs> All right. So... Well, I'm not, I'm not going to waste my shot. <laughs> oh. All right, is everyone ready? Y yep. All righty. Good morning, good morning. We've talked the whole night through. Good morning, good morning to you. Well, I certainly know I the know song. It's, uh, yeah, I know. It's like I, I know it. I know it. <sighs> um. You guys are gonna be like, you're gonna make Aaron. Me... Oh yes. Is it Bye Bye Birdie? No. No, it's not no. Bye Bye Birdie. <laughs> you guys are gonna make me feel like Padme, but like you're breaking my heart. Is it singing in the rain? I'm gonna go out on the limb here and just say it's called Good Morning. <laughs> No. Is it singing in the rain? It's singing in the rain. It's singing in the rain. Okay. <laughs> I've been raving about singing in the rain this whole podcast. <laughs> I didn't think you'd start with that one. <laughs> See, you're asking the guy that doesn't know anything about musicals. <laughs> well, I'll try. I actually spoke to Aaron. I was like, he didn't know like the game or anything. And I was like, I know stay away from Broadway musicals and do film musicals. <laughs> um, all righty, here we go. I'm trying to do my best here. We're like, oh, the singing was top notch. <laughs> we're no, none, none of us are saying the singing was bad. Oh, the singing was fine. It was just like, right. oh my god. Here we go. You ready for the next one? Mm-hmm. One look at us and they charge twice. I'll have my own washing machine. Aaron. Yes. That's West Side Story. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Somebody's on the board. <laughs> next one. If I were a rich man, da da dee da 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 Okay, I thought that one was pretty clear. Uh, Aaron. Yes? Uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> what what Alex said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here. <clears throat> you know how people have these little habits that get you down? Like Bernie. Bernie likes to chew gum. No, not chew. Oh, man. All of these I know, and then it just is it like... So, it sounds so familiar to me, honestly. Yeah. You got a hint? <laughs> Can I get a lifeline? <laughs> yeah, well, it's like the next line of the song, or does that give it away? <laughs> I think it probably would, but... Um... <laughs> well, actually, I think this is the one Emma Stone was in. Yes. Cabaret? Like, oh, also, it's cabaret. cabaret. No, it's not that one. It's that oh, okay. One. Well, then I failed. I don't want to give it away. Well... He had it coming. He had it coming. Da, 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 da. Uh, the Chicago? Yes. Ah. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Emma Stone was in Chicago? No, I think, was she Cabaret or Chicago? I get those mixed up. Cabaret. I think it was in Cabaret. That's what yeah. I remember. I think Emma Stone was Chicago. You want to look that up? She's not in Chicago. No? Okay. All righty. Good job, Alex. You're on the board. <laughs> <laughs> I got rhythm, I got music, I got my girl who could ask for anything more. <laughs> oh my gosh. Again, it's like all of these I know, and then I it just... It stars, I'll give you some stars, Gene Kelly. Mm -hmm. He happens to, you know, go to another country. Aaron? Yes. An American in Paris? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Gosh, you guys got to get these soundtracks. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Luck be a lady tonight. I'll see you. Luck be a lady tonight. Luck be a lady if you've ever been a lady. Luck be a lady tonight. I'm actually looking forward to this film adaptation. If that helps. <laughs> Wait, it's not a not a movie yet? <laughs> Do you really know it's Frank Sinatra? That's it. Yeah, <laughs> little girls have these toys. And gentlemen can also be called this instead. Is it Aaron. Guys and dolls? Yeah. Oh, were you about to say that, Aaron? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, you know, I was thinking on the town, or out on the town, for example. Oh, okay. You guys are making me get all flustered because you're not getting these. Yeah. <laughs> all right. It's not your fault. It's our fault. Don't no, worry. Yeah, it's, no. Like I said, it's my fault. It's going to get easier. Okay. It's gonna, so you guys better be really ready. This is going to be super easy. All right. You ready? Follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> Follow the yellow brick road. I heard, I heard Michael. Michael. I heard Michael first. Uh, Wizard of Oz. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I needed a point. <laughs> we got three more of these. Okay. <laughs> I can still catch up. <laughs> and this is another easier one. Just listen in. I am 16, going on 17. Aaron. I... Yes? Singing in the rain. No. Uh, sorry, uh, sound of music. Sorry. <laughs> I, was, I, I had S in my head, and I said, that, no, sound of music. I meant to say. Give that one to you? Yeah? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just had an S, and I said, sing, and I was, no, sound of music. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this is another easy one. Okay, got those hard ones out of the way, you guys. Uh, Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Michael? Yes, Michael? Mary Poppins. You got it. And here we go. Last one. Okay, you ready? Yeah. This is, this is an easy okay. one. Okay. I was like, wait, this is a long <laughs> Stranded at the drive-in, branded a fool. What will they say? Monday at school. <laughs> That one I kind of got off a little bit, but. <laughs> uh, Alex, is it Grease? Yep. Yeah. You got it. I was oh, thinking cool. about that. Yeah. Or drive-ins. I was like, I don't think Grease. It seems like it was a close game. <laughs> it really was. We have Alex at three, Aaron at four, and Mike at two. Okay. All right. So I won. <laughs> <You> won. <laughs> Good job, guys. That's how you play La La La. <laughs> What's the name of that show? To? <laughs> I just. My last one, there needed to be a tiebreaker, was uh-huh. There is a castle on a cloud. Yeah, I, I heard that. There in my sleep. Uh, yeah, this is Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> you know, I was going to put Phantom of the Opera. I'm so sorry, Alex. I didn't put one for you. <laughs> it's Lame Miz. It's Lame Miz, yeah. Lame Miz, what? Really? Okay. <laughs> you Good shouldn't put Phantom of the Opera. Well, thank you for that game. I know, I'm going to get you all for the new year. <laughs> Lots of soundtracks. <laughs> Just, you soundtracks. know, message Aaron and, you know, get your address. Horizontal with those soundtracks. And I'm going to I'm going to mail you, mail you guys some soundtracks. Please, please do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. We'll, do, yeah, we'll just, we'll, we'll leave it, we'll leave it in Alex's New York too. P.O. box and then he can go pick it up. <laughs> no, I can give you my German address. Come on. That's just a lot of shipping, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. That was fun. Thanks for playing. Thanks for the game. You're welcome. All right. <laughs> Moving on now. Let's get to Out Now Presents What's Out Now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week, and quite a few here. 
Uh, first up, Suicide Squad, uh, which is going to annoy me because I'm going to get a lot of messages like, that wasn't that bad. And, uh, <laughs> but it is that bad. Um, let's see. Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children arrives. Oh, boy. <laughs> I liked it. I liked Tim Burton's movie. Oh boy. Talked about it. <laughs> you were on that podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was on that podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Ben-Hur, the thrilling remake that we all needed. That's my favorite. <laughs> I'm um, just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> let's see. Florence Foster Jenkins. This is the uh, Meryl Streep Hugh Grant movie that I liked, actually. I enjoyed it. Uh, let's see. Morgan, which we talked about earlier. <laughs> you can skip that one. Let's see. South Side with You. That's the uh, romantic comedy about the Obamas on their first date. Uh, Bridget, Bridget Jones's baby. <laughs> Equity. Did Not good. Harley and the Davidsons, which was like a TV miniseries event thing. Let's see. Uh, on Scream Factor this week, Black Christmas and Dreamscape. I like those Scream Factor releases. Uh, let's see. The Legend of Korra, the complete series on Blu-ray this week. Fear of the Walking Dead, Season 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Criterion this week, The Asphalt Jungle. For those that want another John Huston noir, that's out now. And uh, lastly, a couple of more horror titles that have made their way uh, through, I forget which uh, Blu-ray publisher, but uh, Creep Show 2, which is quite good, actually, if you're a fan of Creep Show, the, the anthology horror series. And Jack Frost, not the Michael Keaton Jack Frost, but the evil snowman Jack Frost horror movie. <laughs> I was thinking it was Michael Keaton, Jack Frost. That's pretty hard. That one might already be on Blu-ray. <laughs> and that's pretty horrific also. <laughs> uh, that's what now presents us now. Uh, next up, extremely cool. These are movies that are now on uh, Netflix that I can recommend in some way. Uh, I saw Other People is now on Netflix. Alex, did you see Other People? Um, Yeah, I think so. Remind me exactly. What that's, uh, that's, or Mike, did you either? Uh, it's with uh, what, Molly Shannon and um, what's his name from uh, Friday Night Oh, yeah, yeah, it was Jesse Clemens. Yes. Jesse yeah, Clemens, Clemens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Molly Shannon's great. Yes. Yeah. Uh, sad. It yeah. is. It is sad, but it, yeah, it, yeah. I, I saw it was on Netflix. I'm like, oh, that's a, that's the one I recommend. Uh, let's see. D2, The Mighty Ducks, is now on Netflix. I saw that on the list of things that are now <laughs> on one to recommend that one for sure. All right. Smash uh, Brothers. <laughs> I like that movie. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I had my birthday. No, I had my birthday at D3. Sorry. We don't talk about D3 on this podcast, Alex. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not even D3. Oh, Wait, is that the one Knuckle Up with a... No, that's, that's, that's Three the... Ninjas. You... No, not knuckle up. What do you call it? With the puck. The knuckle puck is D two with with SNL's Kenan Thompson. There you go, knuckle puck. <laughs> SNL stalwart Kenan Thompson. I saw there's something this this documentary series on Netflix called Hip Hop Evolution, which is like four episodes that goes over the history of hip hop. Hmm. Um, so I thought that might be interesting. Uh, I thought it was gonna be like you know Dance Dance Revolution or something. <laughs> hip Hop Evolution. What do you call it? Dave and Buster's and it's you know DDR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you just hip hop dancing. I'm just kidding. There's another indie film called Blue Jay, uh, written and starring uh, Mark Duplass that's now on Netflix. And uh, lastly, there's a film called Spectral that's now on Netflix, which looks like a mix of uh, like Final Fantasy, the movie, The Spirits Within, and like Ghostbusters and Black Hawk Down. Like, that's the, that's the look I got from the trailer of this movie. <laughs> and um, I, I put it on my queue just because I'm very curious. Because I watched the trailer, I was like, this looks terrible, but also awesome in the same, <laughs> the same sentence. So there we go. Uh, but yeah, so that's that. Uh, next week's show, next week we'll be talking about Rogue One, colon, a Star Wars story. Uh, it's this little indie coming out involving Star Wars. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's uh, finally hitting theaters, and we'll be uh, 
excited to talk about that one for sure. And let's see, last thing we do here, what should people go and see now and what do you plan to see next? Start with Michael. Michael, what should people go and see in theaters right now? La La Land. No, it, it's only available in certain cities right now. But um, what is out right now? I would say Moana, actually. Go go out and see Moana. And then what I'm seeing next, I am going to see uh, Rogue One tomorrow. All right. So. Alex, what should people go and see in theaters right now? Um, I mean, La La Land, obviously. But the other, other two I would recommend are The Edge of 17 is fantastic. And um, if and or when it comes near you, Jackie, the oh, film yes. Portman. What do you see next? Uh, Rogue One. We're all seeing Rogue One next. Yeah, Come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of question is that? <laughs> what about you, babe? Definitely I'm on board. I think when Lolian does expand, everyone should see Lolian. If Lion is still playing, I would recommend Lion because that's one of my favorites as well of this year. And what I'm going to see next, I'm going to go with you tomorrow to save the Rebellion and save the Dream. And <laughs> see Rogue or One. See, yeah, <laughs> see Rogue One. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I actually, you guys mentioned a lot of the ones that I have. Edge of Seventeen, I think, because it's so been it's been criminally underseen, despite being a movie that you think what a lot of audiences would like to see. That's still out in theaters. Uh, Jackie is quite good. On and I talked about that last week on the podcast. Uh, very good film. Uh, Manchester by the Sea has been slowly expanding. I think it goes wide in a, another week or two, uh, but that's certainly one to look out for. And yeah, Lion. If Life Lion's playing anywhere around you, I think that's a good one too. And yeah, Rogue One is the film that we'll be <laughs> seeing next. Uh, so yeah, with all that out of the way, guys, that's going to do it for this week's episode about Now with Aaron and Abe. Uh, you can find more of my work on my personal blog at thecodezeek.com. You can find all my movie reviews there, as well as at wisesblue.com for Blue reviews. You can also find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Alex Billington, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, usual places, firstshowing.net, and on Twitter as at firstshowing. Michael Lee. Usual place as well, uh, geeksdoon.com or thatsitla.com. Anabash. You can follow me on Twitter at Right to Recite and visit the Newport Beach Film Festival website. Okay. <laughs> you can find all the other episodes of Out Now Out There over on iTunes as well as on Audio Boom. You can find past episodes at hhwld.com. You can find us over on SoundCloud as well. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know your thoughts on anything we talked about today. Um, also follow us on Facebook and Twitter, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast and twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And of course, there's our Tumblr page where you can send us plenty of gifts of Ryan Gosling screwing up scenes or something at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. <laughs> Alex, <laughs> Michael, Anna, it's been great to have all of you on this podcast today. It's been fun. Yes. Thank I you. Always... Thank you so much. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, and we're going to talk about Star Wars Rogue One next week. So until next time, so long and goodbye. City of stars. Are you shining just for me? City of stars There's so much that I can't see Who knows Is this the start of something wonderful? Or
260. Is that right? <laughs> 266. It is. That is, that is correct. I want to make sure of that, though. I, I, I feel like I might have mislabeled because uh, it could be 267. But let's see. I'm going to go right now and find out if it's the right episode number because this is very important. And I'm going to stall the show until I get the exact number here. Hold on. I'm right. It is 266. Okay. That was very important. <laughs> I want to be accurate because this is a show about accuracy. That's That's been the motto since the start. Uh, this, is epi- <laughs> this is episode two. Gosh, that would be just so amazing now because he, he looks at the well and that's the way he goes back and forth, He right? sees Gosh, his own reflection. He's yeah. like, I'm just a robot that wants to pitch better. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to see that. <laughs> All right, let's get to the last trailer we're going to talk about. Also discussing the, the like the conversation he has with him, which is in the trailer, the, the part where he says, like, you, you have to think about the future, not go back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, terrific hey, I was like well, no. Impression, <laughs> <by the way. laughs> thank you, thank you. 